Oh, oh, oh. 
Bye. 
JM in the AM. Good morning and welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, JM in the AM dot org. Anila Dodi, that's Eitan Cats. Before that, all you got done by eighth day. You heard the Shalhevet Orchestra and Singers, an amazing medley of music. Uh, in the first half hour of our broadcast, and of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. Relatively warm and calm morning here on Central Avenue. <laughs> where are we? Cedarhurst, Lawrence, Hewlett, Inwood, where are we? Anybody know? ZK, what town are we in? You have any clue? What did your GPS say? Where did it say you were heading this morning when you left Brooklyn, New York? Any idea? <laughs> You know how to get to Central Avenue without a GPS? We are live at Achiezer. Achiezer is a community resource center and an amazing organization that uh, really came into the international spotlight in the Jewish world two years ago today. Today is the second anniversary of Superstorm Sandy. Where were you during the big storm? You were holed up at home? <laughs> Today is the second anniversary of Superstorm Sunday. It was a Monday night, the 29th of October, two years ago, when I watched the East River literally come into our building, which was a pretty scary sight, uh, where we had a uh, a blackout for about five days in, in our part of Manhattan, uh, but where people, especially in this area, had it much worse for much longer with a lot uh, of long-term damage. And Achiezer at that time, you may recall, really jumped into action. They had always been a uh, a young uh, community resource center and a young organization that would help people to whatever degree possible and would certainly be there in medical situations, financial situations, etc., to help families. But a Hurricane or Superstorm Sandy really put them on the map on a very large scale, and they uh, jumped into action. They've been helping people for the last couple of years recover. Last year we were here for the first anniversary and got a complete update. I wonder how different things will be this year. Hopefully a lot more people are on their feet and a lot more people were able to continue their lives in their own homes and with their families in as efficient and as comfortable a way as possible and uh, in a large part because of the work of Achiezer and so many great volunteer organizations. So here we are out on Long Island. It's rare these days that we come visit the five towns. I don't remember the last time that... Uh, that we were out here. We've done a couple of uh, live remotes out here. I don't remember. The, maybe Miriam Wallach remembers. Does she remember the last time we were out here? <laughs> we were out here in the five towns. Miriam L. Wallach, who is the general manager of what we refer to as the Nahum Siegel Network. And that's correct. That's why we refer to it that way, because that's its official name. And uh, has been uh, has been probably at the last, what, 100 remotes that we've done? Good morning, Nahum. Good morning. How are you? I am well. How are you? Has she missed a remote in the last hundred? Yes or no? What can you think of that that she may not have been at? Is she on vacation? Let's call Miriam Wallach out on the air. Have you missed any live remote over the last couple of years? No. You've been at every one of them. And missed this? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Miss spending time with ZK at 520 in the morning? I mean, who else has something to do at 520 in the morning? The the last time we were in the five towns for live remote, I can think of a couple of times. We did a hafter show out here that was based in Central Perk. Correct. That was a couple of years back when the and a big shout out to our friends at Hafter because boy did they pay tribute to this show that day. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that was when we were celebrating the 30th anniversary of JM and the AM, and we were making the rounds, and we got to this area. And they handed you the jersey that sure. now hangs in your office. That continues to hang in the office. Thank you to the Hafter Hawks. Um, make sure to be tuned in to our Yeshiva League Sports Update. Uh, nice asi- plug. Thank you. Welcome. Aside from a year ago today, have we been in the five towns the last couple of years? Has JM and the AM been here? Yeah. Naomi does live remotes. Naomi's always out here because right. Gourmet Glot is one of her like like uh, cooking headquarters. Yeah, they're great. I mean, she they're goes great. she goes to and ZK would know this. He's always with her. You go to Spruce Street. ZK is Fleischix at 9:20 in the morning with those shows. <laughs> you go to Spruce Street at uh, at uh, Gourmet Glot. Is there any information you don't have stored in your head at the at the, at the snap of your fingers? That is amazing. I don't know that it's on Spruce. Really? Because I don't know names. <laughs> streets <laughs> just make a right and you go there <laughs> and you go there on select mornings very often friday mornings because she does the show live correct and she'll be doing demonstrations and having guests on and really uh again the five towns turns into the epicenter of her operation uh when she's out here but for us it's been a year i for think us, it has years, been a year since we sat here in this building in the achiezer headquarters Too on long. central avenue by the way i gotta long. give a big shout out and if they're not listening right now, please make sure to transmit the message. There's a there's a um, a proprietorship that I passed this morning on the way out here. Okay. Called Stefan's. Is that Stefan? Stefan? Yes. What is it? It's it a called? florist. Yeah, but what's it called? What's the official name? Stefan's. Is it Stefan? Mm-hmm. I didn't know it's not Stefan. Um, because that's a character in Saturday Night Live. I don't know. We just we've all called him. <laughs> it's always they've Stephens. got a beautiful large Israeli flag. Yes, they do. Always. You can't miss it. They've Always. got the ideal location to promote whatever they want. And sure enough, what are they promoting? They're promoting Always. the state of Israel. That's right across the street from the uh, Glot Farm, which we think is a funny name because the... I never even heard of that. Because the inside of the melons are not smooth-lunged, but that's okay. So we think it's a funny <laughs> name. <laughs> you mean it's produce and they call it the Glot Farm? Yes. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, it's all good. So, um, a big shout-out to Stefan. Yes, a big shout-out to Stefan. Because they've got that big Israeli flag flying here on the Central Avenue. They've also, they've also been a, a long-term. I mean, they are one of the first stores here on Central Avenue. They've been around forever. Well, first means how many years? I am, uh, unfortunately, I'm not first, a historian. When oh, did the gosh. first Jewish person move to the five towns? I can tell you what Who the... Who started this trend? I can tell you the first Shomer Shabbos. Community. I can tell you the first Shomer Shabbos um, store owner on Central Avenue. And that was? Debbie Siegel. What store? Petite Chic. She was the first store to close for Shabbos. Really? Yep. Before any kosher pizza or anything else? Before that. Before a... a um, yeah, she's been around. I think she predates all of that, but either way... Okay, or the first... Clothier, non-food. Ah, now we're in subcategories. Right, because there's Sabra's been around forever, except Sabra changed names and is no longer Sabra's. What's the name there? I don't know. Oh, Pizzala. Interesting. Pizzala. That's an interesting name change. Yes. Hmm. We can ponder that for a moment. I, I, in fact, I am pondering it. And I bet you Stan in the studio is pondering it as well. i got to thank Stan. He's in Jersey City. Yes, thank you, Stan. Thanks, ZK. Thanks to Danny Goldberg, the St. Louis kid. Yeah. Who's with us this morning, Assistant Program Director of the Nahum Siegel Network. Danny, who met the Wallach children last night. Wow, that must have been an experience. I can interview him about that for a couple hours, I guess. I'm sure you could. Achiezer is where we're at today's show. Is Zecher Nishmas, Yaakov Mordechai, Ben Avraham, Lipa, Cohen, Wolman. Uh, we're going to speak with the chairman of the board of Achiezer, Shuli Wolman, later on. He'll be visiting us in the 8 o'clock hour. And, of course, our Bender, 
is going, who directs this uh, wonderful organization, is going to be joining us coming up. There was a report on the news about 10 days ago of a family that was just getting back into their home. They still had not been what able town? to. Um, I mean, out here. Or yeah, Jersey? I think it was. I think it was in the Farakaway area. I actually think it was in uh, Phil Goldfeder's district, if I'm not mistaken. Well, his house got hit. His office. Right. His office was. I mean, to say he was floating is an understatement. Right. He shared space with um, with another congressman, another politician for a while. Right. Government official. Government official. Thank you. Pardon me. Another another government official for a while. And, um, yeah, everyone has stories. You know, also has a crazy story is Charlie Harari. Right. A lot of, a lot of yeah. unbelievable stories out there. Yeah, there was no uh, discrimination against who got hit. But what gets me today in 2014 is you just said some people just got back into their homes. Correct. And that's... And it was stunning. It was absolutely, absolutely stunning. The number of, um, when I was listening to this report, and I, it was on a local news station, all of a sudden to hear that there were families that were still displaced. I mean, I know of somebody who, as a result of the destruction and the devastation, had to rebuild their home, and that, and, right. and, and but that was a kitchen. That well, was that, a this. That, that probably happened multiple times out here. Correct, but that was that was you know not an entire that was not the entire house. It was a section of the house and whatever and. It took them time to renovate, but this was a family who, just ten days ago, got back in. Really, quite, quite devastating. Hard to believe. Anybody wants to comment on this show, and um, we encourage you to do so. The NSN app gives you the opportunity to comment on the show. You'll see what we're talking about on the home screen of the app. Uh, you can comment on any show, but uh, certainly right now. If you want to toss in a comment regarding the Superstorm Sandy and us being out here in the five towns for the second anniversary, you could do that on the NSN app. We have an email address, nachum at wfmu.org. You could use that or any of the email contacts, and uh, we'll meet some special guests coming up. Michael Fragan is going to be joining us. He, of course, is with us every Thursday night at 6 p.m. with Spin Class on the stream at jmnam.org. Um, last night, the 9 at 9 took place. I saw something very interesting in last night's 9 at 9. Okay. I'm sure ZK noticed this. I believe, I believe, if I if I was reading the Twitter feed correctly, as I was trying to fall asleep last evening, I believe Simcha Liner had two songs in a row mm. on the top 9 at 9. How rare is that, ZK? Excuse me, I can't hear you. <laughs> ZK didn't turn on his own mic. <laughs> <laughs> he did say very rare, though. Uh, anyway, so you'll hear a replay of that. And coming up at 9 o'clock, Keshet Israel is going to present Beyond Milk and Honey. And I had a very interesting conversation on the topic of Israelis going to help Syrian refugees in Ooh. Jordan. A lot of people in this audience are going to be... Let's see, how do I put this? I don't know. Their feathers will be ruffled, I think, by that conversation. Well, okay then. To a degree. I look forward to but reading their I, comments on the app. Right, but as I get older, I feel the need to discuss things and think them through and not necessarily think that my knee-jerk reaction is the 100% absolute right answer. Okay, so, that's one heck of a, a disclaimer. It's a maturation process I'm going through with the network. Okay. As we conduct those conversations. So, you'll hear so you're getting older and I'm staying the same. So you'll hear that at 9 o'clock this morning. More coming up. It's JM and the M from Achiezer. Special guest in our second anniversary of Superstorm Sandy commemoration uh, coming up. Keep it right here at JM and the AM. Bad news is everywhere 
I shut my eyes, shut my ears and mouth Cause I know there's a better day coming, blowing in From the north and south But I don't give up I let my love shine bright I won't give up, no, 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 no Let my love shine bright I won't give up No, 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 no Don't put me down For the way that I look For what I wear It's just this skin I bear It's just the skin I bear Cause there'll come a time When all men and women Will live as one at least I do believe So I don't give up I let my love shine bright I won't give up, no, 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 no I put my faith in the only one Put my faith in these things that I've done Put my faith in the only one And I put my faith in love Put my faith in love But I won't give up No, no, I won't give up Gets a little closer every day. May seem a million miles away, but it gets a little closer every day.
in the AM. If only people knew the arguments that were going on when we're not playing music. That's Baruch Levine. It's Ma'ashiv. Uh, I don't know how I forgot to play that song during the Sukkot holiday season when we were uh, saying Hallel so often. I should have remembered it at that time. Hopefully I made up for it to drop with that. Ari Boyanju had Anna Hashem. Aryeh Kunzler, who uh, uh, very often appears at our live remote broadcast. He's not here today, but he's been an amazing... Uh, Contributor to our live radio shows. Uh, there he is with um, Don't Give Up here at JMNA. Maybe that's a good theme for today's show as we explore the Achiezer organization and their incredible work uh, for the last couple of years since Superstorm Sandy two years ago today. 29th of October, two years ago today. Superstorm Sandy. We're out in the five towns this morning here on Central Avenue commemorating that... Uh, Unbelievable night and day and weeks and months afterwards that uh, really turned a lot of people's lives upside down. And some people, as we heard, and I'm sure we'll hear later on, are still recovering from that experience two years ago. Unbelievable. J.M. and the A.M. Um, want to uh, take this opportunity and wish a mazel tov. A lot of people in this audience are very familiar with a gentleman who's appeared on my radio programs for many, many years, Shlaimi Ash. And today, tonight more specifically, in Beit Shemesh, Israel, and I know ZK joins me in wishing a mazel tov, Yoni Ash and Meira Resnick are going to be married. That happens this evening in Beit Shemesh at the Kinar David Hall. In case we get over there, ZK, you'll know where to tell the driver at the airport to take you. <laughs> we get there fast enough. What is it? Well, Waze would help you get to the Kinar David Hall on Yigal Alon Boulevard in Beit Shemesh. <laughs> uh, that's happening tonight. Mazal Tov to the uh, extended Haber, Ash, Colton, Resnick, and Sheehan families. Uh, it's um, And, of course, to uh, Yael and Shlemy Ash and Rabbi Mrs. Usher Resnick. And the Coltons are um, major listeners of ours in Bergen County. I remember seeing them at the engagement party. So we give them a special shout-out as well. Uh, so those of you who've heard Shlemy on the air, uh, you know where he is tonight. He's at a wedding in Jerusalem as they celebrate Yoni's wedding. Uh, to Meira, and we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Speaking of the five towns, the Woodmere Fire Department has a fire prevention day this coming Sunday with the food prizes, fire truck rides, ambulances, live demonstrations, and more happening on Irving Place at the Woodmere Fire Department headquarters starting at 12 noon this coming Sunday. You can check that out here in the five towns. Bring the kids along for an educational and fun time. Uh, should be a really nice day this coming Sunday. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored WFMU East Orange, W. 
MFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world in the web, jmtheam.org. That's Golly Tal in the background, right? Golly Tal in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Remember that for the rest of this week, it is a six-hour difference between the Eastern Time Zone and Israel. That will change this coming Saturday night, Sunday morning, when we go to a standard time. Uh, otherwise, uh, it's usually a seven-hour difference today, and this week it'll be a six-hour difference between the Eastern Time Zone and Israel. Keep that in mind. We're at Achiezer headquarters out in the five towns, second anniversary of Superstorm Sandy. This organization uh, was tossed into the uh, international uh, Jewish community scene two years ago with the way they responded to help people in the five towns, Far Rockaway, and so many other areas uh, recover and start recovering from Hurricane or Superstorm Sandy. And we'll be speaking to Rabbi Bender and uh, other staff members and guests coming up. And, of course, Chairman of the Board, Shuli Woolman, is going to join us as well before 9 a.m. this morning. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 1 p.m. newscast for Wednesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JM and the AM. ולצל השעה אחת, כאן רני אבנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. ראש הממשלה נתניהו מגיב לביקורת החריפה שמותחים עליו גורמים בממשל האמריקני. האינטרסים העליונים שלנו אינם עומדים בראש מעיניהם של גורמים אנונימיים שתוקפים אותי. אמר נתניהו והוסיף, המתקפה עליי מגיעה רק מכיוון שאני מגן על ישראל. אם לא הייתי עומד בנחרצות על האינטרסים הביטחוניים שלנו, לא היו תוקפים אותי. בבריקה המתיחות מול ארצות הברית, שר האוצר לפיד פוצץ ישיבה עם ראש הממשלה נתניהו, כתבנו עידו בן בג'י. בדיון שהתקיים אצל ראש הממשלה ושנועד לקדם פיתוח תשתיות בשטחים, אמר לפיד, לא אתן שהכספים המיועדים לקריית שמונה ולבאר שבע ילכו להתנחלויות מבודדות. אני תומך בחיזוק ירושלים והגושים, אבל זה לא הזמן, נוכח המשבר עם ארצות הברית. במקביל, חבר הכנסת עופר שלח מיש עתיד הודיע לאנשי נתניהו שהסיעה תתמוך בחוק ישראל היום, חרף התנגדות ראש הממשלה. גורם בכיר בסיעה, זה יהיה כתג מחיר על התנהלות נתניהו מול הממשל האמריקני. התפתחות משמעותית בחקירת פרשת רצח הנערה נועה אייל בירושלים בשנת 98, כתבנו יותם ברגר. בשנת 1998 נעלמה הנערה נועה אייל לאחר שככל הנראה עלתה על מכונית זרה. גופתה נמצאה מוטלת ביער באזור ירושלים בבוקר לאחר מכן, והמשטרה קבעה שהיא נאנסה ונרצחה. מאז לא הצליחו השוטרים לאתר את הרוצחים, אולם כעת מותר לספר שבתיק הזה של האבק במשטרת מחוז ירושלים במשך למעלה מעשור וחצי חלה התפתחות דרמטית מאוד. ועל רקע נתוני האו"ם הקובעים כי שליש מילדי ישראל חיים בעוני. שרון, שם בדוי, נערה בת 15, מספרת על חייה. יהיו שני אחיה הגדולים עובדים כדי לפרנס את ההורים החולים ותשעת אחיהם. יעל דן, שוחחה איתה בתוכניתנו עושים צהריים. יש מצב שאתם רעבים? זה הרבה. אין כלום חוץ מאיזה לחמניה וגבינה וזהו. שתמיד ככה. אני כמעט ולא לומדת בשביל לדאוג למשפחה שלי. לפעמים אני עובדת בניקיון של, של מדרגות, בתים. אבא ואמא? יש? יש, אבל הם <אז> לא יכולים לעבוד. משתמטים משירות צבאי לא יוכלו לקבל מלגות מהמוסדות להשכלה גבוהה, כתבתנו שירה הדס נקר. ועדת הכספים אישרה היום לקריאה שנייה ושלישית כי משתמטים או עריקים שלא הסדירו את אי שירותם בצה"ל לא יוכלו לקבל מלגות מהמדינה במוסדות להשכלה גבוהה. יוזם החוק, חבר הכנסת ניסן סלומיאנסקי, אמר בתום הוועדה כי מי שבחר שלא לשרת ללא סיבה מוצדקת לא צריך לקבל סבסוד של המדינה. 
מנהלת של מעון נעמת בחיפה מואשמת בגניבה של כ-200 אלף שקלים, כתבנו קובי מנדל. הנאשמת ענת קגן לשעבר מנהלת מעון ילדים של נעמת בחדרה מואשמת בבית משפט השלום בחיפה בגניבת כ-202 אלף שקלים, זאת לאחר שזייפה מאות מסמכים ודוחות שונים. בין היתר היא קלטה ילדים במעון מעבר למכסה, מבלי להצהיר עליהם ואת הכסף שלשלה לכיסה. עוד עולה מכתב האישום שהיא לא דיווחה להורים על הנחות שקיבלו בשכר הלימוד ואת ההפרש נטלה לעצמה. התחזית התקררות קלה. אלה החדשות שעורך אילן אהרונוב. And the legendary Naftali Solomon, many of you know him, 718 Insurance, backbone, I'm sure just like he was the backbone of the Lower East Side Jewish community, he's the backbone of the Five Towns Jewish community. Rabbi Bender, am I right? Backbone of the, I see? Rabbi Bender agrees with me. Would you like to join us on the air? Come on over. ZK, a special treat for us. The man who in the old days was always there to leap into action. Which one do you want? This one? was always there. Naftali Solomon, welcome to JM in the AM. CK, long time. It has been a long time. Did you find parking? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the neighborhood you used to live in, it was much more difficult. Uh, yeah. You remember those days? Uh, I remember those days. When's the last time you were on the Lower East Side of Manhattan? You don't, a month ago. You don't frequent the place anymore. Well, thank God I have uh, two grandmothers there, yeah. 101-year-old. 101. And... Uh, Mrs. Greer right. and Rebbes and Shizkal. So you go once in a while. Once in a while, yeah. Right. But the the reg- you know, we used to see you there, you know, many times a day. It's not like that anymore. I wish I can go back. I can't afford there. <laughs> Is that the problem? This You've been outpriced. Real estate has skyrocketed. So you de- you decided to you decided to bring your family's future to this area. Correct. How's it be going out here? Baruch Hashem, excellent. How many years are you here already? Eight. Wow. With friends like Baruch Bear, Chaim Liebtag, there's, there's nothing else, nothing else like it. And well, Lower East Side is first. You're co-president of the White Shul? I am. When did this happen? Um, who twisted your arm? Uh, Rabbi Feiner, who we'll get to. <laughs> um, Rabbi Eitan Feiner, Amar Asra. He went ahead and said, you have no choice, you got to take this behind yourself. Twisted my arm, sat on my head, yeah, pretty much. And how's it been so far? Um, a little aggravating. Are you, the, are you the guy making the announcements, setting the policy? I am not. I took over for Chaim Liebtag, who's here. How did Chaim do in that position as president? I could see him being a great school president. He was, actually. Was he a great school president? He finished a two-year term. and What would the consensus be? A 10 out of 10? Like, what type of job performance did he do, uh, if he'd asked the community? Well, one of the things I actually said when they asked me about the, to, to become the president, I was in awe in the leadership of Chaim Liebtag during Hurricane Sandy. I don't uh, even think I can do something like that, or anybody else that I know. He was fantastic. And as you know, in the five towns, Farrakko area, Sandy was a uh, a little bit of an issue for most of us. Right. A devastating night. And it was just, just a night. It was devastating, you know, two weeks. Yeah, I understand. I'm saying that. Yeah. And Chaim was, led the White Shul and the, and the surrounding area with, with an amazing grace. So the times make the man. Correct. That's basically what happens. An episode like this occurs and you see who's able to jump into action and become a real leader. Correct. And that was definitely Chaim Liebtag. So now you have a tough act to follow. I do. 
I do. Hopefully, no Sandy's coming. This I should be. It should be a uh, you know smooth two years. Let me ask ZK to check the weather center. You, would, you, would you look and see if there are any tropical storms? Barker knows exactly what's coming. Really, on. he knows what we should expect. Did he predict a calm winter for the five towns? Or you're not sure. There's the almanac and there's Baruch Bear. I'll listen to Baruch Bear. And so far he's he's so far he's been pretty good. We have nothing to worry yeah. about. He say, "Thank God for that." He told, me, he told me not to bring an umbrella. I did not. I listened to. Him. Naftali Solomon is here. You did not move your office operation at Seven One Eight Insurance to the Five still, Towns. Still in Crown Heights. You insisted that stay in Brooklyn. Explain that whole thought process. I grew up there. I have a lot of my clientele is there, so it didn't pay to to move. What's doing in Crown Heights these days? How political do you want to be? Why? Is there a political <laughs> hotbed now? There's always factions there. But What, uh, something to do with next week's election or mean no, 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 other no, type no. of politics? Other type of politics. But I, I stay away from that. I have enough. I have my plateful here in the, the Far Rocker area. <laughs> Why, there's politics out here? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, this is pretty amazing that, to, to find out that in some communities there's politics. Can I tell you a great Crown Heights story? Absolutely. A great Crown Heights story. You ready? Because you, you, after all have a real uh, love for the Lower East Side, so you're going to appreciate this. And I'll tell you a Lower East Side slash Karanite story after that with Lubavitch Rebbe, which I think is amazing. Maybe you're stealing my story. It happened to me, so I don't know if I can, I can steal it to you. Last week, on Thursday, was Simchus Torah. You remember that? Or, or Lail, uh, Erev Simchus Torah. Shrini Atzeris, right? Mm-hmm. So I go with my nine-year-old to the Williamsburg Bridge. Why? Let's see if you remember what happens in the Lower East Side. They walk over from right. Karanite. Because all... Ta-a-luka. Right, all the... Uh, all the shluchim are coming over the bridge from Crown Heights to go to different places in Manhattan. I mean, they're going everywhere. So at about 2.15, could you imagine? 2.15, Shemini Atzeris afternoon, we see groups of boys coming over the bridge. I figured it's a little early, no? At 5.15, we ask that group that we see, what's with the 2.15ers? They were going to the Bronx. I go, what? They're walking to the Bronx to dance on Simchus Torah? Yes, they're walking 15 miles from Crown Heights to the Bronx. That's wow. why they left at 1 o'clock and were coming over the bridge at 2.15. So I said, let me ask you a question. Who gets the Bronx gig? Like, who, you know, whose arm do they twist? No, last online. So exactly, you'd think, right? They go, no, 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 you don't understand. All the Israelis... Who come in for Yuntif ask for the Bronx. They all want to do this 15 mile hike both ways. It's a good form of exercise. <laughs> Could you imagine? We should do that. Yeah, I guess. I think I'd collapse by the time I'm in Lower Manhattan. But can you imagine that's what they're doing? It's pretty amazing. The st- story I wanted to tell you is yeah. um, when. So I L- see it's not the same as much. It's story. not. No, no. A little <laughs> different. When Lubavitcher was sick, um, Beth Israel Hospital, and after he passed away, so about. Two or three weeks after he had passed away, a bunch of uh, members of the community went back to his hospital room to take whatever was left over. They had his whole suite there. And one of the members, the, one of the people that were there was a Hatzalah member. And while he was there, and a truck backed over the ox- main oxygen line to Beth Israel Hospital. And as you know, a hospital survives on oxygen. Right. People on ventilators, so on and so forth. And he got on his radio, and within, I would say, 10 minutes... Hatzalah had about uh, 15 ambulances and about almost 100 members there. We were there for 45 minutes before the first EMS ambulance uh, vehicle came up. And we were able to help ventilate patients by hand, bring oxygen, supplemental oxygen to the to the people that needed it there. I believe as a schuss for the rabbi, even though he wasn't there anymore. So as a schuss for the rabbi, I thought that it's was interesting amazing. because Rabbi Stone over Yuntif on the Lower East Side was telling us stories about things that were going on while the Rebbe was in Beth Israel. You were, you were in on the Lower East Side of that show. era? Sure. 
You were there a long time. Mm-hmm. I was there. What year did you move years. in? I moved in eight ninety. Oh, so it's three, four years before this whole episode, mm-hmm. right? What's doing at seven one eight insurance? Should we give you a big plug this morning? I hope so. <laughs> who's the who's the official uh, insurance agency of the Nachum Siegel Show? I don't know. I think it's seven one eight insurance. It is seven one eight insurance. There you go. What's the name again? Seven one eight. What's the phone number? <laughs> Let me guess. Could it be seven one eight insurance? Leave off the C for savings. That's what we do. We leave off the C. C E for savings. <laughs> is that how you spell savings? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Give us a word about Achiezer. Now that you've been out here eight years, you've been able to see them up close, and then of course you saw two years ago how they became an international name in the Jewish community because of Superstorm Sandy. I went to Baruch Bar, Rabbi Bender's house, <clears throat> I think the day after Sandy, and just to see what I can do to help, and he had a command center already set up in his house. I don't know, 20, 30 lines. And I sat down there, just picked up the, you picked up the phone, got the information, hung it up, two seconds later, another phone call. And every call was helped. Whether it was somebody who was trapped, somebody who needed food, somebody who needed clothing, somebody who needed uh, um, furniture, everything was done in a Seder manner, and it was, it was amazing. Achiezer was there, and definitely was there for the community. And it always has been. And- at that time, I remember seeing uh, all the clothing that was collected for people who lost literally all their clothing, uh, the food, as you just mentioned, of course, and housing. I mean, people were obviously displaced and, you know, had no place to stay for God knows how long. Two most amazing things that I remember of Sandy. First of all, just personally, I, as an insurance broker, I had a lot of, quite a number of clients in, in the Far Rockaway Five Towns area. For two weeks, I did not go to work, just literally going from house to house, getting helping them up with setting up a claim, so on and so forth. The two most amazing things that, that I remember during Sandy were um, I heard a rumor that an ice cream truck was making the rounds of Far Rockaway. And I could never, it was like a ghost. Couldn't seem to track it. I'm running, they said it was on, on this street. I ran there. It, it, it just wasn't moving. I, I couldn't find it. Finally, somebody told me, no, it's going to be in front of this and this place at a certain time. And I was so amazed by the thought of somebody who, an ice cream truck, the middle of devastation, just so the kids should have some a smile on their face. It was Rabbi Groner. I don't even know what his first name is, but I, I was I picked up all my kids wherever they were. Not that they needed ice cream, just to see Chesed, what what somebody can do. That was I uh, just amazing. Phenomenal. The second thing was there was a drop off at Shari Yashiv for people's laundry. Guys from Brooklyn were picking up people's laundry, smelly laundry, picking it up taking it to a place, have it cleaned, and bringing it back the next day. It's those little things that define Mikam Chiyosvah. No question about it. And you've always had an appreciation for little things like that. By the way, because of your expertise, and I'm glad that it struck me, uh, because of your expertise in insurance, um, not to be accusatory of insurance companies, but am I right that that many people who had hurricane insurance it was useless during a superstorm because it was not identified as a hurricane. Is that true? I found that either people lost their pants or they made out like bandits. There was like no, no middle ground. No, it was very, very few people got to where they were before the, the, the storm, which is what insurance is. Insurance is not to make money. Insurance is to put you back the way you were before the claim. Right. And I found, like I said, either people just got nothing, very close to nothing, or one of the adjusters that came, he was from Florida, I remember, his 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 card, his business, it was an adjuster. His business card said bait and tackle. He he fished, so he, he all of a sudden became an adjuster. And the insurance companies were sending guys like that down. And they had no clue what they were doing. They they dealt with hurricanes in Florida, so they felt, okay, 
they can deal with uh, flood here. Most of the, the the damage was flood, was water related. Right. And um, quite a number of people just either did not have or didn't understand. The, one of the issues is if you have a basement, it's really not your flood insurance doesn't really help help you for your for your personal belongings in the basement. It only works from a first floor up. So most people in the basement they keep stuff in the basement. Um, one of my clients, Shaytomach of Farakoy. Um, she called me up. She was leaving. She actually evacuated. And I thought she was crazy because nobody thought it would be that bad. And she took all her shaitos with her. I don't know. Some, somewhere $200,000 worth of shaitos. She turned out to be brilliant. And, yeah. And she doesn't let me live it down. <laughs> but she, she was right. Her, I, she asked me to, her, I mean, one, her husband was one of my closest friends. He asked me, uh, to check out his house. So the first, when it started raining, looked in the house, nothing. A half an hour later, a trickle of water. Right. Half an hour later, two feet of water. And half an hour after that, the furniture was just coming out of the front door. The, my, I, when I stepped out into the street, it started from my ankles to my knees to my waist. That's how bad it was on the block, right in the heart of Farakwa. So if there's one practical piece of advice we've all learned from this, is if a storm is coming, and the news organizations and the you know public officials certainly did warn us about this. Move to the Lower East Side on the top floor. Well, either that or just keep lifting your, keep schlepping your stuff as high as possible. Correct. Get it all up to the higher floor, Most especially the floor. stuff you really care about. Correct. And that'll be a great way to prepare. Boy, I mean, the and word, listen to Achiaz, I'll tell you where, what's going on. Yeah, now, now they know. Now they that know the procedural he, matters. He's, he's in. That's for he's sure. He's in the end. Uh, Naftali Solomon, 718 Insurance. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for all you do for the uh, for the people in the community. I'm sure there's a lot you do that people don't even know about, knowing you. Speak to that gentleman over there. <laughs> He's the one that led the, the White Shul. The well, past I want to introduce years. Chaim Liebteg. Uh, come on over, Chaim. Let's. Uh, you can you can stick around if you want. Are you in a big rush, Naftali? No. You sure? <laughs> Chaim Liebteg is executive director of the White Shul. Um, he was president of the White Shoal, as Naftali mentioned, at the time that Hurricane or Superstorm Sandy hit. Good morning to you. A pleasure to reunite with you again. Morning, Nassim. How are you? Thank God. So what do you remember about two years ago today? <laughs> Started out as a normal day, huh? Actually, the, uh, the Motsi Shabbos before was a big Karbach event. And uh, I think it was around his Oh, right. Set. It was right around the outside. And uh, we heard there was going to be a storm. And last, the year before, was Hurricane Irene. Right. Um, which actually hit a lot of us, not the same way, but a lot of us got water into our homes. Right. Um, <clears throat> so uh, we thought about it, but we never. You know, I guess most people said, "I, you know, wasn't they said something was going to be big, but it wasn't as big." So everybody, you know, I kind of ignored it. Um, and then and it then came, it did, and right. then it came. And uh, I remember uh, I was uh, taking care of my mother, who lived uh, who lives who lived in uh, in a building in Far Rockaway. Um, we were able to watch television, watch the news reports, and all of a sudden, you know, we see the guys down in Manhattan, um, and then screens go off because we see the water's going over the top. We said, this is going to be a problem. Um, and um, the rest of his history it came to the show in the morning. The show was open for davening. I remember wa- there was a minion that Tuesday morning. We, we there never, was a minion we, every we never morning. closed. We never closed. The White Shoal had a minion three times a day. We never closed. Even during the first week of the we never store. Never closed. Yeah. I got a generator at the shul. People were coming to charge their cell phones, laptops. Um, there was food served pretty much three times a day to anybody they wanted, and and it was open to everybody. No matter who you are, no matter what race, no matter what religion, people came. They ate. People were dropping off. The clothing was. I, I, somebody dropped off in Sharyashev 
about 200 cases of Crocs. I don't know if they have size 22 like for you, but <laughs> but but Crocs. I'm telling you, literally, Shayashiv is got to have 30 foot ceilings, straight yeah. to the top. Crocs every which way you are. People were dropping off. It, it was and, incredible. And we had more Kegel than uh, <laughs> yeah. you ever imagined. <laughs> you can imagine. Um, so last year we sat here and we talked about people who obviously you know still are recovering. A year later, now two years since the storm, how how are things from your vantage point? We still hear that there are people who still have issues, but I think most people are back. So essentially, Sandy's now forgotten? I mean, I know it'll never be forgotten, no, but you know I don't, what I mean. I don't think Sandy will ever be forgotten. I think uh, Sandy really helped bring this community together in, in many ways. Um, I mean, there are a lot of lessons we learned about uh, you know, about, about working together. Um, certainly, Achiezer was, uh, was, was a major part of that. Um, Jewish community organizations that really often worked... Um, Opposite each other, learn right. to come together, and I think that's a, that's a very important, a good part of of, of what happened. And certainly for me, I um, often wondered why we mourned the uh, the the base of Migdash, you know, why we sure. always cry for it, you know, two thousand years, whatever. <clears throat> One of the things I learned is how important the shul is to this, <coughs> excuse me, to the center of the community, and the white shul was was that place. People, even those who didn't come to shul, came. Because this was a place of refuge. That's a very nice <coughs> historical uh, uh, reference. Uh, people know there's always somewhere you can go. People right. know that this is the center of activity, not just the positive activity, but emergency activity sure. as well. Huh. This is where you could turn to uh, in a time and, of crisis. And, you know, Rabbi Feiner was, right, I was, was, going to say, was adamant that the shul remain open. We would be remiss in not discussing Rabbi Feiner. Yeah, go right ahead. Um, I'm the, man, the man who encouraged you to become co-president of the White Shul. Threatened, more like Yeah, it. that's what it sounds like. <laughs> you see this arm, it was... It was I can imagine. Rabbi Feiner is amazing. Uh, it, it, it's, there are times where I'll, I'll meet him after davening. I'll stand in line for like 15 minutes. And, okay, Naftali, what do you want to talk about? Rabbi, I just wanted to say good morning. The smile, the pun, the beautiful face that he has, it's incredible. It literally makes your day. We, we, we sold in the White Shul, the rights to be first online Friday night in Shabbos. The line is, what, 35, 40 minutes long? It, it takes Rabbi Feiner from uh, from after Kabbalah Shabbos, after davening, until uh, Tuesday to get home. <laughs> On a regular, <laughs> On a regular Friday, Friday night. night. Regular Friday night. It's it takes how long? A half hour for everyone to say good Shabbos? Yes. Because so everybody's got a vert. Everybody's got a... One second. Know. I love this concept. So you went ahead and you sold the right to be first online every week. Every week for, for a year. Yeah. For a year. You get the privilege every Shabbos. One of our esteemed members, Michael Harbader, bought it. And I, bought, he, I think this is the second or second third year. year. Can I ask what the donation was or we don't discuss that we publicly? Don't do we don't do that? I'd love to know what that costs. <laughs> I'd love to know what type of donation want us to make to be the half first... Of, half of the Achiezer budget. <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable. Someone goes ahead and purchases the right. Simchas Torah, we wow. auctioned off to be part of a Chabura, 15 minutes a week <clears throat> with the rabbi. Maximum of seven guys went for 500 bucks a piece. A Chabura meaning a, a class. A class of class. discussion or whatever you want with the rabbi. But you know it will only be six other people. Six other people and every Sunday and 500 bucks a, a head. I personally think that was cheap, but okay. <laughs> you were probably advocating for five grand each. <laughs> but he sits, and he, and, he, and he, the warmth that comes from him, I'm not even going to talk about anybody who knows him and talks, will know about his, his, knowledge, his, right? his encyclopedia knowledge. Yeah. The, he can quote 
um, the, 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 the grass is greener on the other side. What's the name of the book that he always quotes? And readers are just, you know. <laughs> it, it, Page 106 <laughs> on the bottom. He, the Marmacomas that he quotes, I, I remember years ago going to a rub in, in Muncie. Rabbi Radinsky, I think, was our Yeah, he's also like that. Right. right. So I remember going to him on a Shavuos night, and right. he had 30 Svarim in front of him. He quoted every single one of them, didn't open up one. Right. Rabbi Farn is the exact same way. Right. I don't know why he brings them, and his, <laughs> ba- his bag is heavy. Trust me, his bag is heavy. Both Chaim and I have, have taken it out after a share, and it's heavy. And I don't know why he brings it. There's really no reason for it. Uh, it's like an iPad just with the, with the whole shots in there. I heard him speak at an event in New Jersey, and, and that was the exact thought going through my mind. I mean, he was he was essentially telling you exactly what line on what page of every single safer you'll find what he's saying, and obviously no notes in front of him. So and My wife and I, we have like a date night. We go to his share. It was actually last night on Tefillah. Basic share. And you just walk out of there amazed. Though, by the way, those shiram are on our website. Right away, as soon as they're done, whitechul.org, uh, whitechul.com, either one works. And um, Your computer you can needs to have to be able to slow it down by 50%. Right. The rabbi always says... It goes that quickly? Yeah. No, he, spe- he, he speaks over He speaks very he says He says people often say to him, Rabbi, we wish you would speak as slow as you daven and daven as fast as, <laughs> as, slow as, as you daven. speak. <laughs> That's great. I love it. It's getting some good lines here this morning. He's, he's amazing. Uh, what's membership like under the Solomon administration? Is the shul packed these days? When I first came to, to Farakway before I'll be finer, um, I didn't have a, ro- a, a bench. I had a row to myself. An entire row. An entire row. There were 50 men in the shul, maybe. Now on a on a on a average Shabbos, if I get up and leave, um, because I just can't sit, because you can't sit, I won't get my seat back. I won't get my seat back, and that's what I'm sitting up front. So it's what we call standing room only, basically. This past Shabbos, we had the four, um, the traveling Hasidim. Right. Good group, nice group of guys. Very inspiring. Finest dancing around the 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 bima. Right. Literally, bringing in folding chairs. We did not have enough room. Amazing. well, incredible. A lot going on in the White Shul. You want me to find you a real estate what, to, move, to move out here? Yeah. Would you recommend that for me? For you know absolutely. me. I'd fit in in this community. Absolutely. Uh, a lot of people would argue I wouldn't fit in enough, Tully. Come on. A lot of people would say it wouldn't be a good We're getting idea. a no. What is it? We're getting a no. You're getting a no, I'm telling you. There are people who think it would not be a good idea. My basement is open for you now. Yeah. You know what I do? You're in a shul with hundreds and hundreds of people where it's standing room only. You know where I am on Travis, right? Kiddush room? <laughs> no. In a shul with a different type of attendance. And you don't remember where I davened even? How long have Mizrahi. you been away? Mizrahi. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. How long okay. have you been away? So Mizrahi, Hasidish, they all fit into the white shul. No, Everybody. I know. No, that's not the issue. I'm saying that, you know, I prefer the, you know, I prefer a smaller crowd and, you know, Come to have my little place over there. You know do, do, the, uh, do the ice bucket challenge. Let them invite them to the shops. But I should come to the Solomons or Shabbos? Yeah, they would be. They would not be able to tolerate me for an entire we Shabbos. Fine. Feed you, not feed you is what you're. They <laughs> wouldn't be able to feed you. <laughs> There's no way in the world that they'd be able to handle us for an entire Shabbos. Come on, you know that. <laughs> anyway, great seeing you. Pleasure's all. Seven one eight Insurance. When you're in Crown Heights, you go to Kingston Avenue and go say hello to Naftali. As busy as he is as an insurance agent, he loves welcoming people. Over there to uh, and by the way we got Chaim. Can you get him to start making the announcements on Shabbos? I want to be. T- he, I want to. Rep- no, no. I if it's one thing I accomplished with this trip to the five towns to Achiezer, I want Naftali Solomon getting up and in his unique style making the announcements every Shabbos at the White Shul. Chaim, will you work on this for me, please? You, you got it. I'm asking you, please work on this. 
and uh, and it's it, 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 is any, that can come back here and make the announcements on the that's air. what they'll do make them like Arab Shabbos on the air yeah. and then, but that's only it's for like one a two community. hour it's like a two hour speech it's such a the long ordeal tubs and the new members it's and such a long ordeal <laughs> who's doing it now who have we given that uh, that task to chairman of the board Nassanel Feller or he's my, the one who does it or my co-president Fred Shulman. All right. So either one of the two of them. I mean, they, they do fine. There's no reason uh, to replace them. Perhaps. You're comfortable with the setup the way it is. Nasano is sarcastic and perfect, exactly the way we. You want. have your big seat up there on the uh, big seat on the bima. Oh yeah. Everyone's looking Very at you during Dominic. Oh yeah. You don't like that. No. And you couldn't get out of that. You couldn't say like you know the deal. If I become president, I'll sit in the first row, but I can't go up there and sit up there. You can't do that. Tradition. Tradition. You don't want to break tradition. It's hard to sit up there for two and a half hours, Dominic. Yeah, I'm telling you. That's why I thought maybe you'd make but some type of I bring lots of books. One of, <laughs> really? one of the you're actually bringing other oh, reading materials. I, I try convincing the rabbi that to 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 make to 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 allow a, an iPad up there, but he won't do it. <laughs> you, in other words, you've been very innovative. You've brought up some very you know interesting innovations. If for you want world. me to sit up front, I, I got to be able to watch movies. Something. <laughs> He's just kidding, folks. Don't, if you're listening around the world, trust me, I know him. He's just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Semi kidding. Chaim <laughs> Leaptek, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. Thank you very much. It's um, it's, it's great to be a big fan. I appreciate I, that. Get the app. It's the best way to listen to the show. That's a, now we're talking. Now we're talking. I, I, I have the app also. Now we're talking. Friday, Friday afternoon, the, the music blasts in my house. Thank you very much, Naftali. You've always been a great advocate of our work, and it's much appreciated. Chaim, you as well. Thank, thank you so you very, much. Thank you very much. JM and the AM are live at Achiezer, everybody. And uh, having a wonderful time so far. Ravender's going to join us. It's a little bit of a more festive atmosphere this year, thank God, because we're a year further away from Superstorm Sandy. And thank God people that needed help over the last couple of years got the help. Uh, there's still work to be done, obviously, but uh, we've made a tremendous amount of progress. We watched Achiezer make a tremendous amount of progress out here in the community. And uh, we'll continue to explore uh, the work of Achiezer this morning at JMAM. I remind you that today's program, and obviously by Goldwasser's words, uh, is being um, dedicated to Ilu Nishmas Yaakov Mordechai ben Avram Lipa Cohen Wolman. We will speak to a chairman of the board of Achiezer, Shuli Wolman, who's going to join us in the 8 o'clock hour. I want to give a special shout-out, by the way, a special shout-out to the Precious Metal Group, um, led by uh, listener Shmuley at 30 West 47th Street in New York City. Uh, they also have made sure to um, dedicate today's program, Lezech um, uh Mr. Wallman, and I just wanted to acknowledge that as well here this morning at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser is with us. His words, Zech Nishmas HaRav Zevin, Yosef Halevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The Nevesh Chaim states that a person could think, Who am I? What am I? Could I really make a difference in this world? However, we should know that everything we say and everything we do can make a great difference. By the same token, if a person does an avla, the devastation it can cause could even be greater than the Chorben Beis the destruction of the Holy Temple. For example, Nebuchadnezzar and Titus did not do damage in Shemayim, up in heaven, because the Nefashos, the souls of these Rishoim, were not rooted in the higher world. So their actions didn't impact on those worlds.
The amount of damage that is caused in the Olamos Elyonim, in the higher worlds, is according to the neshama of the person who did the sin. A small avera, or sin, that is done by a person with a great neshama causes a lot of damage in heaven. When even an avera gedoyla, or a great sin, is done by a lower nefesh, it doesn't have the same impact. Due to our averus, our sins, unfortunately, the strength of Hashem was such that the Midas Adin was miskaber over the Erechapayim. Midas Adin is the divine attribute of strict justice. And that's what empowered Nebuchadnezzar and Titus to destroy the Besamikdosh. The Besamikdosh Lamato, or the earthly Besamikdosh, corresponds to the Beis HaMikdosh Shomayla, the heavenly Beis HaMikdosh. The Medrash relates that Titus ground up fine flour. Just as grinding fine flour is a pointless effort, so too, when Titus went to destroy the Beis HaMikdosh, it was a hollow achievement, because at that point, Hashem wanted the Beis HaMikdosh to be destroyed. So we see that it wasn't Titus, but our Averis, our sins, that demolished the Beis HaMikdosh. Nebuchadnezzar and Titus only destroyed the Beis HaMikdosh Amato, the earthly Beis HaMikdosh, which in truth was already destroyed because of our Averis. Hagoyin Rav Ochonon Wasserman explains this with a muscle of a restaurant window. It has a beautiful display of the imitations of foods that the restaurant will serve. There are beautiful fruits, there's meat, there's a challah, all imitation. All of a sudden, a man comes in from a small village and he wants to eat in the restaurant. He asks the waiter to please bring him the food from the window. The waiter figured that the man meant that he should bring the food from the kitchen that resembled the food in the window. When the waiter came in with the food, the man looked in the window and said, No, I want that food that's in the window. The waiter said, No, I brought you the same food, but I brought it from the kitchen. The man said, Don't fool me. I know you don't want to give me the good stuff from the window, because that's probably the best food in the house. The waiter said, No, you don't understand. That food is plastic. It's only imitations. The man said, oh no, I see that food, it looks delicious. Says Wasserman, these things are here in the world only to tell us a simon, a sign of what's going on in Shemayim. The Vilna Goyen said that everything that happens in our world is only a me'ain, a dugma, or an example of what is happening in heaven. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser. Bringing you morning physic. Have a nice day. J.M. in the A.M. Thank you, Rabbi Goldwasser. We're here at Achiezer, Central Avenue, five towns. Two years ago today, Superstorm Sandy. Achiezer continues to do amazing work. They burst onto the international Jewish community scene two years ago with their response to Superstorm Sandy. And here we are commemorating this event. And our show today, as we mentioned, is Le'ilu Nishmas Yaakov Mordechai ben Avraham Lipa Cohen. And uh, I want to thank Stan, who's in our studio, ZK, of course, who's here as we continue to present our program until 9 o'clock. 
this morning and obviously all day long will be on the stream at jmnam.org. Live lunch today will be done by Yossi Zweig. Michael Fragan, who you could hear at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time on our stream at jmnam.org every Thursday, is the host of Spin Class, Politics with Michael Fragan. He has the distinction of closely following one of my favorite spectator sports, and that is the world of politics. So if he doesn't mind, I'll jump right in. Michael Fragan, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. Good morning, CK. We'll talk about Achiezer in a minute. That's great. The governors of New York and New Jersey mishandled the Ebola quarantine situation or not, in your opinion? Politically now I'm talking. I'm not talking about medically. (laughs) Mishandled, I think, is a good word. It's not quite as strong as some might say and not quite as weak as others might say. So mishandled is a good thing. I think mishandled in the fact that there was just no coordination. When you want to have an interagency, intergovernmental approach to something, it should be consistent. You should have consistency across the board. When you don't talk to other people and you just go it your own way, which has become the Christie Cuomo way, they have a little bit of a similarity in the way they do things, That's it's just not helpful for a lot of the other people who are left out of that decision-making and are left to kind of to their own devices to kind of scramble and keep up with the directives coming from so, those governors. So Christy Cuomo is not the typical Republican Democrat. We're you know we're different in our political thinking, and therefore have trouble getting. Well, you're thinking it's beyond that that their personalities add a whole other component to it on top of the you know that's just a general we're not really political allies type thing. Well, Chris Christie has kind of molded his own persona, his own idea that I am the chief. The buck stops with me. And if you don't like it, blame me, but I'm willing to take it and I'm willing to make those tough decisions. And that's worked for him. That works for him in most places in general because in New Jersey, there is very little to counter the governor. The governor is a very powerful governorship. The New York governor is also very powerful, but not quite as powerful. There are other institutions in New York right. that are almost – remember, remember, Chris Christie is the only statewide elected official in New right. Jersey. There's a lieutenant governor as well, but mm-hmm. lieutenant governor is subservient, and there wasn't a lieutenant governor until a couple of years ago. So in New York, there are some competing uh, forces. But I, perhaps Cuomo wants to be a little bit more – like Chris Christie. He sees the guy next door and sees, wow, he really gets away with this and he does it well and he kind of goes out there and does things and says, the buck stops with me and says, I like that. And I'm sure there are a lot of governors around the country thinking, if I could do that and pull that off, it would really be great for me. Right. So I think there is some envy on that part. Cuomo is a, a more interesting, uh, I think, political persona in the fact that in some cases he makes decisions very, very quickly. He takes very, very little advice, and a lot of that has worked for him. But in some cases, he's extraordinarily deliberate. Take hydrofracking, for example, you know, which is the gas drilling right. upstate uh, that we have. We have loads of natural gas in New York, but we're not allowed to extract it because of environmental regulations, mm-hmm. or at least the ones that – he's been studying that now for four years, his entire term since he's been in office. Not exactly the – the decisive type of persona you might like. But on the other hand, when it came to certain votes in the legislature, particularly around redefining marriage, that took place just like that. I mean, in a second. I mean, there was no debate. There were no hearings. There was no nothing, everything. You know, just get it done through, and I'll take the heat for it. Sort of like the new gun laws also, right? 
well, I was going to get to that as right. well, but you know, I know guns are uh, you know a touchy subject around this table, so I don't want to go. <laughs> <ahead>. <laughs> I, I I just didn't know if Miriam brought her gun this morning, so I was getting a little bit nervous. Uh, well, you know my position when it comes to this. Oh yes, the, I do. The, the more the more guns around, the safer we'd be. But whatever. Well, that's why they call it the Safe Act, right. and uh, I will tell you, the Safe Act is playing uh, very. No, but his Safe Act is the opposite. Very poorly for uh, for Republicans upstate right, right now, but I mean for Democrats. Upstate. Right. Me- well, r- correct, meaning that those of us in New York City who are assuming that Governor Cuomo is winning this election by a landslide, it's not the same atmosphere uh, in, up- in upstate New York. I think, you're, I think you're correct. I mean, look, I think a lot of people went ahead and looked at this election and said uh, Andrew Cuomo is going to get Chuck Schumer-type numbers right. or Kristen Gillibrand-type numbers or even Elliot Spitzer-type numbers. I'm sure he doesn't want that comparison. Right. But you know, seventy percent range. I think at this point, in the he he might win by a right. significant margin. He would take a sixty. If you told he, him today, he, you could have over sixty. He, he said would he's going to take a fifty-one. And yeah, right, but come on. <laughs> but we know well, there are three candidates in the race, and the third candidate is polling at ten percent. Right. So there's so, ten points right there. So there's right. ten points right there on his left that right. he's that he's losing. So it's not. It's not quite happening the way he's going to happen, but politics never happens the way you actually plan it out. And I think what's instructive here is that you play to win 51%. He, everybody's making fun of him. Well, you're not really happy with 51%, but you are, because in the end, you start over, you have another four-year term, and you move forward. Right, understood. Michael Fragan's here. We'll talk about Achiezer in a moment. They're hosting us here today. Um, do you see great change next week in the United States Senate or not? I do see change. You do. I don't know if I see great change, but right. I see change. Uh, there's, I think, I think the path to 51, which is what it is, that's the number, is uh, is pretty clear right now. Uh, and, and there, are, you know, there are a number of states that could be. Now there are some wild cards in there. Obviously, the Kansas race right. is particularly interesting, where you have an independent who might take out a longtime incumbent, probably through political malpractice on the part of that incumbent being Pat Roberts. Accusations here, Mr. Oh, well, Reagan. I, well, look, I, I think the, the money line from this race was they asked a senior aide to Pat Roberts after the, uh, during the primary, right before the primary. He had a very tough Republican primary. What is the senator going to do after the primary? And the age response is, he's going to go home to rest. Where is home? In Virginia. <laughs> now, I'm sorry. If you are the senator of Kansas, you say home is in Kansas. <laughs> whatever legalese you want to say as far as your resident, selective, whatever it is, you say home is in Kansas. Correct. <laughs> That's a money line, all right. That is the money line. All right, line. so path to 51. Again, how, how doable? I think it's I think it's doable. I think it's probably going to happen, but we won't see a lot of change. Remember, right. it takes sixty to get right. anything to done, make any real change to make any real change. And unfortunately, I think we're just going to see a lot more of the same from the Congress and the President. And we're not seeing a lot, even on the things that the President can do without the Congress: foreign policy, ISIS, Ebola. He's not doing a great job. I mean, th- that's and if he is, the perception is that he's not. There's nothing that's oh. happening publicly that reassures anybody that he's ha- got those situations under control. I look at the polls on a consistent basis, as I'm sure you do, Nachum, and probably every day, if not m- multiple times a day. And if President Obama is polling 40 in New York State, right? New York State. Then imagine. That's deeper blue than the sign that you have in back of you. Right. I'm sorry for the radio audience. I right. can't see how blue that sign is. Now we know why nobody's running on Obama. Nobody's running on Obama. I mean, I saw last night. Hillary, Hillary Clinton is coming to campaign, and she's here, and the Clintons are here in New York campaigning for various congressional candidates. Obama is nowhere to be found. And uh, look, I, I don't want to 
it's not the knock Obama. We're not on the knock Obama show. Right. This is not. Uh, we can use other shows for that. And I'm not. I'm not there to knock anybody. I think it's just to analyze the political scene. But this president's numbers, even for a midterm election, I think are extraordinarily dangerous for a Democrat uh, running. And he isn't campaigning for any of the real battlegrounds in the re- any of the real battleground races. Have you been reading the articles about the Bush Clinton possible <laughs> presidential election? Uh, I'm not. I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical that Jeb Bush will actually run in the end. I don't know. The more the Republicans convince him that he's the only one who could beat Hillary, the more likely he's going to run. Look, I, I think Jeb Bush has extraordinary talents. I think he was a great governor of Florida. I think he is a, a he great. He comes from a obviously great brand name in the Republican Party. There's no question about it. And I don't have any favorite right now. All I'm saying is there are two issues that resonate heavily amongst Republican voters, registered Republicans, where Jeb Bush would seem to be, although from my person personally, you know, I'm not uh, right. I'm not opining on how I feel personally about this. Common core. Right. Very, very toxic amongst Republicans. Nobody likes Common Core. Correct. Jeb Bush is the number one national proponent of Common Core and immigration reform. Now the now immigration Granted, the Republicans have moved a little bit on that, and I think it's not quite as dangerous. But you saw from Eric Cantor and his race that it's still amongst Republican right. primary voters that is a toxic issue. Right. And Jeb Bush is out front on both of those issues. So it's plenty it, of Democrats who are now against Common Core already. They're, well, they should they should be. Right. It's not just look. Common Core has become this catchword for the for a national approach to a local issue and right. nationalizing uh, nationalizing education in 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 a way that many people around the country, whether they be the education establishment, whether they be teachers, whether they be parents, they don't want to be dictated to by somebody in Washington. Now, in truth, Common Core didn't come from Washington. It came from the governors. It actually came from the states. But it just shows when you explain things poorly... Uh, that's, it's hard uh, <laughs> for it to be receptive. Exactly. The, the rollout doesn't go quite as smoothly, and a lot of it is in the spin, and that's why we talk about spin. The first person who talked, um, who, who, the first person who escorted us to the five towns two years ago when Superstorm Sandy hit was Michael Fragan. You met us, I believe. I met him. Excuse me? I met him. You've met him. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, I think it was at the White, not the White Show. Was at uh, at the Shayashev that we first we met. We went to Shayashev, yes, and at, I just wanted you to see the the oh the enormity the was gym. insane. Well, first of all, there were two things going on at Shayashev at the time. I mean, and and you think it, it's hard to imagine we go about our daily lives here, you know, and we have power. There's food. Supermarkets are open. There's commercial activity. In, in a sense, back then it was we were kind of cut off. You couldn't go anywhere because there was no gas. You couldn't go out after 4 o'clock because there were no lights. People they couldn't cook at home, so they had no food. They had no refrigeration. They had no ability to get new food. So Shayashiv had meals all day there, and uh, there was people serving food from all over, and people were donating clothing. And uh, it was just incredible. The whole gym was full with clothing, and there were people, as you saw, you know, <clears throat> regular people all over who had lost everything in the storm going ahead and getting clothing that they needed for themselves and they needed for their families. And it's just it's just incredible. People that you might have seen or you might have davened with uh, uh, two days earlier were now had to go ahead and get handouts. And uh, it's it was really – it was an extraordinary scene, but the extraordinary chesed done by, by Achiezer and, uh, and others and, and, and the JCC and others, you know, who had – 
really rose to the occasion with regard to with regard to Sandy was really incredible. And all those out there who came from other communities to help us was is just. And I thought, you know, given our relationship, you should see that firsthand. There's there's no there's no way to describe it unless you actually saw it. I oh, think that's I'm for correct. sure. When um, and of course, then seeing the devastation uh, of homes and what was on their lawns and uh, and people just trying to figure out where to start, which was an unbelievable task in and of itself. Uh, when you're a keen observer of the community, when when an organization is thrust into the middle of something like this, there's basically two directions they can go in. They can either rise to the occasion or they can completely fall apart. Uh, what was the key here that Achiezer was able to rise to the occasion and uh, and and become what they've become to this point? I, I think the key is uh, is commitment and and really the idea that we're not going to allow any person from this community to go without, and whatever they need, however they, they need it, we're going to get it to them. Uh, we're going to figure out how to get it to them. We're going to figure out how to do it. Not to say, well, we don't handle that. Go go to somebody right. else, uh, which well, many times is the reaction of certain, and that's not wrong. There are people, there are organizations that can't handle that kind of thing. So they're free but, to but, the, but also the incredible network of volunteers, of everyday people who are ready at a moment's notice to drop everything to help somebody else. Uh, whether it's to, on a daily, on a weekly basis to deliver food packages, on a daily basis to drive people to the hospital. Those kinds of things, those come into play in emergencies as, as well. And I will say, getting the Achiezer phone lines open, which really was incredible. When you think about it, you know, something so simple as having phones, <laughs> right? There were no cell phones. There were no landlines. You couldn't call people. It was the old-fashioned way. In order to speak to somebody, you actually had to say, okay, be at this and this place, and I'll meet you there. And... There was no way to tell them don't be there. That was for like a week. Unbelievable. The whole thing is unbelievable when we think back. Achiezer.org for information about the uh, incredible work of Achiezer. Achiezer.org or 516-791-4444. On the uh, 28th of December, they have their Elder Care 2 seminar, and we'll talk about that and uh, why it's so important for people dealing with elderly issues uh, as we get closer to the event that happens in uh, East Elmhurst, New York, at the LaGuardia Plaza Hotel. And, again, that happens on Sunday, December the 28th. Tomorrow night uh, you'll be on pre-election day starting at 6 p.m. on our stream at jmnam.org. And uh, in half a minute, tell me the topic tomorrow evening. Oh, so we're going to do – we're going to try something new. We're going to do a full hour of, of call-in. And I want people to come and call with their questions, uh, with observations, uh, try and keep it clean. But uh, try, <laughs> but try, uh, but certainly, I want you know, I want people to call in and see what the races are, what they're thinking, what's going to happen, questions they might have about races and and the like. I think uh, an informed voter is a is is a is a good voter and a, a motivated voter. So if people want to call in about it, and it doesn't matter what race it is, local, national, we could talk New York, we could talk elsewhere. You'll even do Israel if you want. Well, there's no election right now in Israel. At least you never you, know. You never, right, you never know. So why don't By we, tomorrow there could be. Why, why don't we stick to the 50 states as far as that's concerned? And we'll, uh, but there's all kinds of things. The entire house is up for grabs, uh, even though right now I think we're down to about 15 real competitive right. races, one of whom is here in – two of whom are at least are here right. in New York. Close races. Two right. or three, actually, at this point. Uh, uh, you have the Staten Island well, Long race. Island, Staten Island, and which is the Long third. Island, the, Long Island. Oh, and Westchester. Huh? And, and Westchester. Northern Westchester. Right. Northern Westchester. Those three would be considered um, closely contested races. Extraordinarily right? close, and it's uh, and it's really – it's uh, it's you know a great political season right now. You have the Senate up for grabs, as you mentioned. Governor. 
governorships. There are people who now, like, like Scott Walker in Wisconsin, right. it's a very close race for governor. You know, if he loses, obviously, he's probably out of the presidential sweepstakes for right. 2016. If he wins, uh, he certainly is a contender in 2016. All right, so that's all happening tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern time on our stream at jmnam.org. Michael Fragan, as I always say, I could do this for hours, but at the risk that it might happen, I have to say goodbye. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me, and thanks for doing this broadcast here. I appreciate it's that. so important that people remember what happened here. I appreciate that. Two years later, Superstorm Sandy. More coming up from Achiezer. This is JM in the AM.
in the AM, wrapping up hour number two from Achiezer. A little bit more of a celebration this year. Last year was a very important milestone to get past the one-year mark uh, after what had happened out in the uh, five towns and so many other areas uh, when it came to Superstorm Sandy. Now we can look back with a little bit more of the positive memories of the response of this community. Achiezer.org has information, and I'm going to insist that our Bender spent some time with me this morning talking about what Achiezer is doing today, not just looking back at the amazing work during the Superstorm, but they're doing work that needs to be supported today. And we'll explain all that coming up. Comments from our app, and I thank those who've been commenting. Someone writes, the White Shul is amazing, or by Finer and Chaim Liebteg, fantastic. Rage appreciates the White Shul, and we can't wait to be there this Shabbos. Another listener writes, these organizations were wonderful. I don't live there. I'm a grandma that has children that had to evacuate. I'd love to compliment the Siach Yitzchak Preschool Rebbe that opened his house in Brooklyn for the preschool evacuees for a few hours every single day. And I remember Rabbi Bender told us last year, there was a story we had here about a Rebbe. There was some some story we had told last year. We met people that, uh, again, had done small things, as Naftali Solomon mentioned earlier, small things that were so important to bring people back to normal. And we'll talk about that coming up as well. Uh, it's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. I remind you, today's program with Elu Nishmas, Yaakov Mordechai, Ben Avraham, Lipa, Cohen. Um, I also wanted to give a shout-out to the Precious Metal Group at 30 West 47th Street in New York City. Um, as they dedicate our efforts to uh, Le'ilu Nishmas, uh, Rabbi Yaakov Mordechai. A couple of reminders about events going on tonight. You know, the New York Knicks start tonight, and the Amari Saves campaign for Hatzalah Israel uh, begins this evening, and there are two events that will happen to kick off the season. Tonight they're having an opening night event uh, for the Knicks and Chicago Bulls at the Big Screen Plaza in New York City. That's on Avenue of the Americas. And then on a Thursday night, tomorrow evening at the Teaneck Doghouse on Palisade Avenue uh, for the Knicks in Cleveland. They're doing these uh, nights to encourage people to support Amari Saves as Amari Stoudemire is dedicating uh, dollars per point to go to the uh, Hatzalah organization in Israel. So you can check that out and enjoy. Don't forget that this weekend a whole bunch of open houses are going to be happening uh, different high schools and schools throughout our area. Uh, a big shout-out to DRS. They're doing their uh, open house this coming Sunday, and they, of course, are located in Woodmere, and that's where we are right now in the, in the five towns, so a big shout-out. Uh, also to uh, Central, the um, Yeshiva University High School for Girls, they're going to do their open house in Holliswood this coming Sunday. And our friends at TABC, where we are proud parents for many, many years, they'll get together with... Um, Rabbi Adler and Mr. Poleoff and Ms. Honig this coming Sunday in Teaneck. Registration begins at 9.15. Uh, you can contact TABC and get information. Uh, and a big yeshikach to all the yeshiva high schools, as we like to call them, in the yeshiva league, who open up their doors, uh, put on great presentations this coming Sunday, and encourage people to uh, take advantage of what they have to offer uh, in the world of Jewish education. A lot of great schools out there, and we acknowledge them. Also want to acknowledge the... Um, presence here this morning of Pesach Hosina, uh, who is a community liaison uh, with, um, uh, with uh, I was about to say public advocate, with controller Scott Stringer, right? Scott's the controller of the city of New York. 
And uh, he, meaning Pesach, who has also been in the world of politics, I believe he's been in a couple of campaigns, is an extremely active community activist uh, in general and uh, stepped up, as so many great people did, in the aftermath of Superstorm Sandy. So he's here today, and I thank him for acknowledging our presence. And also, uh, we got to thank Joel at Gotta Get a Bagel. Joel at Gotta... Say it again? Joel Baruch at Gotta Get a Bagel is located in Woodmere officially? Officially in Woodmere. Say it again. On Broadway in Woodmere. He's been open for a long time. He's open this morning. He's been a great host for us on previous occasions. We've done shows from his place. We've had a lot of fun with him in the past. And today he made sure to give us an amazing breakfast for all of us to enjoy. So got to get a bagel, Broadway, Woodmere. When you go and you say hi to Joel, tell him that both Nachum Siegel and Miriam L. Wallach said hi. Um... And there you have it. More coming up, including our conversation with our Ibender. You know what I'm going to do before we get to our Ibender? I'm going to play the song that we designated as the theme song for Superstorm Sandy. I don't know how many people remember this. We actually, at that right, from eighth day, also, we found a song that was perfect. If you listen to the words, in the aftermath of the Superstorm two years ago, this song was absolutely perfect. Eighth day on at JM in the AM. Whoa. Sorry about that. There we go. That's when I lift my eyes to the skies, dreaming, dreaming, days gone by. And I know you say that all I need is an honest try, an honest try. But in the dark of night, in the lonely heights, you give me the strength to keep up the fight. But I can't move on, I can't live life without you. Sometimes life's like you know. Sweet is quiet as blue Sometimes life's like an ocean Sailing with you Sometimes life's like an ocean Raging like a fool Sometimes life's like an ocean When it's drowning in you Rivers have come to surround me Without you by my Sometimes life's like an ocean 
come to surround me to cool me and bring me down. Rivers have come to surround me to turn my boat around. Rivers have come to surround me to cool me and bring me down. Rivers have come to surround me to turn my boat around. That's when I lift my eyes to the skies. Dreaming, dreaming, days gone by, and I know you said that all I need is an honest try, an honest try. But in the dark of night, in the lonely heights, you give me the strength to keep on the fight. But I can't move on, I can't live life without you, without you by my side. That's when I lift my eyes to the skies, dreaming, dreaming, days gone by. And I know you said that all I need is an honest try, an honest try. But in the dark of night, in the lonely heights, you give me the strength to keep on the fire. But I can't move on, I can't live life without you, without you by my side. J.M. in the A.M. That's, of course, the song that we designated. And I remember telling Eighth Day about it when we had them on the air. We designated it as the theme for Superstorm Sandy, By My Side. By my side this morning is Rabbi Bender. Rabbi Baruch Bear Bender is, of course, the uh, director of Achiezer. We remember when the organization was in its initial stages. I know it's an effective organization for a variety of reasons, obviously one being the Superstorm. Another reason is because... ZK, you remember this. Do you remember that uh, episode in Jerusalem when we were walking together and I fell and broke my elbow? Do you remember that? Remember that night? Turned out to be a crazier night than we expected that evening. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. So I go to a specialist. In, uh, what did I Remember what I did? I landed Friday morning, went straight to the, um, to the doctor in Manhattan. And I go to this specialist, a nice uh, Korean gentleman, a uh, wonderful doctor. And... Um, and he's taking care of me and all that. And for some reason, I decided to mention Rabbi Bender's name because I know that he has a relationship with many doctors who, you know, he's always seeking their help to help people out here and other places. And that was how Rabbi Bender was first introduced to us years ago as somebody who will help with medical coordination. And what happens when I when I mention your name to Doctor Kwan? Of course, of course, it's Rabbi Bender. I said, Oh, there you go. I know that they're doing their work out here at Achiezer. <laughs> I remember that very well. You remember that story? We're happy you're sitting here with both arms. <laughs> well, you recommend a great doctor, and what happens? Uh, he puts me back to 100%, thank God. Baruch uh, right, Baruch Bear Bender is uh, joined by Ellie Weiss, who's development coordinator here at Achiezer. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Any information anybody needs about Achiezer and to support the amazing work here, it's achiezer.org. Comprehensive information about what they do is available on the website. You you reinforced for me something just a few minutes ago off the air, and I'm so glad you did. Uh, it's an observation that's so important. Uh, a year ago we sat here. There was still an air of depression as we were exhaling after telling all these stories about Superstorm Sandy. And, and you, there were some amazing stories. We can recommend the archive to people who want to hear them. We're talking about uh, Hatzalah members, Achiezer members who put their lives at risk, and we are not exaggerating. 
to literally save people who would have stayed in their homes and unfortunately would have cert- would, would likely have perished. That's how serious a situation you found yourself in and so many other members were in. And we were doing all these stories last year and talking about it. And today, I believe, two years later is so different than a year later. Now we could look forward. When you look back, thank God, the positive memories and the achdus, the unity, you know, overshadows all the tragedy of that time. And we're able to move forward and talk more about uh, what Achiezer does on a regular basis. So... Any need to look back this morning, or can we talk about what you're do, what you're involved with on a daily basis these days? I think before we go forward, only you know need to look back, and not just to be uh, correct or politically correct, so to say, but the fact remains. I know it was mentioned briefly earlier. There are still families. You know, we have a you know we call her still the hurricane coordinator, Milka Kielsen, who joined us in the aftermath of Sandy. And just this week, two or three inquiries came our way of people that are still suffering. You know, whether it was an insurance claim that was being you know counted on and depended upon, and they waited and waited and waited, and finally it came through, and they said, you know what, sorry, we're not going to give that money to redo your basement. Now you may think basement, what's the big deal for some people? The basement is the primary living space, and on and on, without going all the examples. So there are those that are still trying to really get back on their feet because Sandy just hit them in a way they never imagined. However, despite that being the situation, I would wholeheartedly agree that somewhat a bit more festive atmosphere because the community in two ways, I think, has really grown. A, it has grown literally by the fact that people have rebuilt, people have come back to their homes, people have gotten their lives back on track by and large. And number two, which keeps being mentioned, and uh, I think it's really a fascinating thing because it's holding was yes, in the aftermath of Sandy, it was every person out there, every organization out there from far and wide, not only the Frockway Five Towns, people came in from Brooklyn to help, from Seagate, and from Flatbush, Bar Park, Muncie, Lakewood, Chicago, all over. But particularly people in this community banded together in ways that we never saw. And what I'd love to share with you today is that that's sticking till today. Where you feel a, it. Absolutely. There's a newfound unity in the community and God forbid we would say it was worth it because, right. you know, we can't talk that way. It was a heavy price. But heavy price, but uh, I think it's fascinating that Would all the rabbis later, agree with you in this community? I really would. I, 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 I'm going to stumble a little bit because nothing's <laughs> trying to catch me, but I would say that everybody in the community, uh, left, right, up, down, would all say that the unity that has been found in the community due to what happened after Sandy, uh, we can only hope and pray, and we'll continue to make sure that that stays in that fashion. So there are a lot less calls to mold cleaning Outfits, that's for sure. That is 100% right? They're not the making fact. as much money as they were two they years ago. They are not ago. as happy with Achiezer as they were two years ago. Let's put it that way. <laughs> You're not the client you were back then. Huh? No, neither is the carpet store happy with us or the furniture store or the insurance adjusters. They want to know what happened. They thought they hit their payday for a good few years to come. And now it's like once every few months. By the way, can you help someone? And by the way, we're not paying you. Give them a free consultation. <laughs> right. As opposed to the 40, 50, 60, 80 cases they saw a week then. So no, those calls really have come almost dramatically and completely stopped. At this Didn't point. you have somebody, or maybe you were just a beneficiary of some forethinking from down there, what, wasn't there somebody who actually went to Baltimore or came from Baltimore with a bunch of generators or something, right? We will never forget the chesed. You're talking about Frank Storch. I That's who it was. Yeah, like 100 both, generators? I think he brought about 130 generators. And yes, just we literally needed, load them up and sent them up to New York. Loaded them up. Not sent them. He took five trucks, Ellie Correct. Oh, he took them themselves. And you don't understand. All of a sudden, 
in the 2 o'clock in the morning, we had hundreds of people from Farakwe and across the entire five towns lined up in the Darche Torah parking lot, literally out of a movie. Chas Vashon, we don't know what a movie is in the Darche Torah. <laughs> My world, you know. Then, yeah. But Frank Storage comes rolling down Seagull Boulevard with five 25-foot rider trucks, whatever company it was. Right. Nobody asked him to do this. He called us and, and said, just we're coming. It, and to put it in perspective for people listening around the world, there were no generators available in this area. No. The only option was to get them from other areas. One option the was you could not find one. Any, anybody who's local knows the right. Lowe's and all these stores, they weren't open and they certainly didn't have any. Right. And Frank Storch went, literally bought out a Home Depot in Baltimore, was that no idea who would pay, what would pay, laid out this money on his own and just rolled in and milled the night. I mean, he came with five or six other guys. Hatsala guys came along, I think, from Baltimore. You heard Naftali's ice cream story, right? Absolutely. I mean, these stories are the stories of Superstorm Sandy. Yes, you you needed millions of dollars in order to help people, but that's not the story. Right, the real stories, these little things yeah, that were these going little things on. will stick in my mind. You know, last year you had you know you had certain Balabatim on this on right. this show, and a lone Goldberger type. He'll shoot me for saying his name on the radio again. <laughs> these guys were lawyers in big companies, and instead they spent their days with with nasty boots and overalls, climbing into basements, pulling out muck because the companies were backlogged and they wanted to help out a neighbor. And yes, Rabbi Groner setting an ice cream right. truck, so a few children who's lost everything in their life can have an ice cream cone and enjoy ten minutes of joy during a time that was just awful? No, we will never forget those stories, and uh, absolutely, they deserve our recognition, and today is a time to look back, because we have not forgotten those acts of kindness. Yes, millions and zillions were raised, which is beautiful and essential and critical, but these memories are, uh, are quite special indeed. I, um, I alluded to the fact earlier in the week and said it again this morning that uh, Sandy turned you into an international community effort. I mean, there are people around the world who know about Achiezer now and, and the work that you're doing. And now it goes way beyond hurricane or superstorm relief. What would you say to our audience in describing what Achiezer is doing on a daily basis for people? Well, first of all, I would start off because my father, Rabbi Bender Shlita, has always taught us that HaKorosatov is elementary. And our entire staff, and certainly Elika, was right at the helm of that fundraising effort. We have a tremendous HaKorosatov to people around the world over. Literally, we're talking out of the country from right. as far as Mexico, England, who stepped up and answered Achiezer's call for help to help our community. So we will never forget the way they responded to Achiezer. Um, but at this point, yes, we have settled and moved on from the hurricane mission, so to say. It was never the mission statement. Right. And really, we spend our days, and I speak on behalf of an entire dedicated staff of nearly 15 people at this point, started on a little shoebox office with just one or two people. They really spend their days, you know, solving crises of every imaginable sort. You know, yes, the core part of our mission, like we said, started and stays true to the medical and healthcare world and the mental health world where people who are just suffering and need a confidential, private place to turn to at all hours of the day. And that is what we spend most of our days doing, and the staff does Because it. that's one of the biggest areas of, of need in our community. The bottom line is that you go across the country, both within the Jewish world and out of the Jewish world, and everybody at one point or another, sometimes small, sometimes large, we don't judge anyone else's crisis, you're going to deal with a, with a hiccup on the way. And whether it's, you know, a referral for, for an elbow, or whether it's a cardiac surgeon, or whether it's, unfortunately, you know, a young one that's suffering with mental health issues, people need a place to turn to. And they need confidential, expeditious, quick help. And that's been the core of our mission. And uh, the one thing that's remained due to the Sandy exposure, like you said, has been that people have sought out Achiezer's help 
in much greater numbers, in large part because of the exposure we receive there. Right. Which no one's ever course, looking for more business, you know, Chas or Shalom, right. not, not in this world. But which is, of course, good and, and sometimes it's, it's challenging. Right. Absolutely. It's challenging because, yes, we were created to be here as a, as a real resource for the Farakaway five towns and surrounding communities. And we're very happy to help people from out of the community, but it definitely poses a challenge. But there probably isn't a day that goes by, I was just asked this yesterday, where at least one or two or three calls will come trickling in, whether it's from Lakewood or whether it's from Brooklyn or Crown Heights or, or beyond, of people just seeking our assistance. And those are usually primarily, again, people you know with, with medical or mental health or, or, or insurance or really just a family having a crisis, needing, needing a place to turn to and getting some quick answers um, and some real follow-up. And that's what we do. Maybe this is a, more of a question for Ellie Weiss, development coordinator, but, I mean, is, is there... A is there an Achiezer dinner? Is there a major event? Is there a? Is it only through the web that you're raising money? How do people help Achiezer's cause on a regular basis? The, um, you asked like four questions there. <laughs> <laughs> Events, dinners, and uh, raising money. So as far as the events, we're actually in the planning stages. Or I've been there, actually, Malcolm, you, you alluded to it earlier. You know, we're making a massive, massive elder care conference right. to be held in the end of December. Details which will be let out to the public slowly right. as they become available. But the idea behind that is to help people who are in the parsha of dealing with elderly parents, grandparents, help them navigate the, the challenges that come along with it, whether it's medical issues or legal, halacha, hashkafa. There's going to be tremendous um, uh, panel discussions and breakout sessions on different topics to this parsha. And in terms of fundraising, is there an annual dinner at this There's point? There's an annual dinner. When it's does that happen? What month is Akhiyaz? Can dinner? we uh, officially put the date out? What did you do last time? You did it when last so time? The last two years we've done it in June. The one thing I'm very happy... So there was one the June after Sandy? There was one was the, the June after one. Sandy. Was there a massive response? Was it a, so, was so, it I, so I know this will sound you know odd, but I, it, somebody compared it. You know, it was a great uh, analogy, um, I think. Um, the dinner was overwhelmingly beautiful, the first one after Sandy. That was in 2013, as it was in 14, Baruch right. Hashem. But go back to 13 for a minute, because, you know, it was really, we weren't sure. Right. Uh, you know, are we going to make a dinner or too soon? And the, the, once we started speaking to people in the community, felt, you know, it was a good opportunity for anyone to just, for the community to join together. Right. And maybe, you know, you know, breathe a little bit. And we made it very clear, and, and as did Ellie to the people that we reached out to, that it didn't make a difference. You know, we don't fundraise a lot, Baruch Hashem. Uh, we keep the budget to a minimum. There's one single fundraiser a year. We're very proud of that. It's only the dinner. But despite that, we'd let people know, we want you to be there with our community. Come out together a little bit. Bring your wives. Bring your family. And you could pay $5, pay $0. We didn't care. The crowd was beyond belief. And I think that the analogy I heard from someone was that I believe it was in the, not I believe, it was obviously in 2001. You know, after the devastating, awful, terrible attacks on September 11th, right. the city was reeling. I don't know if you, right. uh, all those sports sure. uh, professionals out there or, or, or lovers, um, a few, I don't know exactly when it was. It was a few days after the yeah. uh, saying there was a there was a Mets game. Sure. Mike Piazza, bottom right. of the ninth home run. Right, and Mike Piazza gets up there. Had a chance says, to celebrate finally. Correct, Mike Piazza's head, and and people, it's gone down as one of those right. sports because iconic people, moment. People just were able to smile and be together. So obviously, La Havdal, you know, we're, we're, we're in a firm world over here. I'm not going to compare the Mike Piazza in a city field moment to hear the Jewish community and what we've gone through. But it definitely was, the crowd was beyond belief, and people just felt that they would need to band together. And, and finally had a chance to celebrate. And I just really hope that, because uh, we've seen all types and all sizes, and I just, it, it really is our hope that we can retain that sense of unity and don't let it disappear. We don't want to wait for, you know, a moment of tragedy to join together. You know, there's an irony about this week in terms of JM and the AM. Yesterday, uh, we spent a good part of yesterday's show uh, speaking about Mrs. Lubling of Blessed Memory. And when you think about it, 
And we really had, we had an amazing time with her son on the air yesterday because Ohel's honoring her memory coming up in are. November. And this is an organized Mrs. Lublik to an extent, right? This is a this is a model of what was going on 30 years ago, but in a much more organized fashion. So I I'm, I'm going to answer you with something which I I I, I believe you will walk away um, never forgetting what I'm about to tell you. I hope I live up to my statement. <laughs> um, about five or six years ago, when Achiezer first got underway, um, I made the rounds. And uh, I wanted to learn about, you know, this world a little bit, make sure that we can give people the proper help. And there were people who were around long before Achiezer was in trying to assist people in these fields. And uh, Mrs. Lubling, Revitzen Lubling, Allah Hashem, was one of those fascinating, amazing people. We actually had a tribute to her in our last newsletter. Nice. Um, but uh, she wasn't a youngster then. I don't know her exact age. And somebody arranged for me to go speak with her. I happened to have met her. After that, and I went down. This is a true story. My own eyes. I went down to NYU. And uh, I believe it was Shirley Rosman who he may have yeah, come across. You know sure. Shirley. Uh, he made sure to, I, I could find her. She was hustling around the hospital. You know, this woman was in her 90s. And I always heard about it. I was like, oh, what does it mean? She's walking to the doctor's office demanding things. I was taken upstairs to the surgical floor. All right, I got goosebumps just remembering the story. <laughs> and I'm looking around for Mrs. Lubling, and I had a few people walking around with me, showing me around. I had a hospital administrator came to say hello. You know, uh, and all of a sudden, we're looking down the hall, and uh, this is, again, my own eyes. I'm not aid, me pee, aid, me pee, aid. And we see two double doors, you know, the surgical thing where there's those big red lines where it says, do not enter or staff only. And all of a sudden, you know, the doors swing open towards us. I see this little lady, about four <laughs> foot, I don't know what she was, just just stumbling right out of the operating suite area. And so he goes, that's Rebson Lubling. And... Right then and there, there were no words necessary. She got out of I heard so. I, I, she's coming out of the operating suite. So what's she doing in there? You don't ask questions. She had to speak to a doctor. Well, the doctor was in the you know closed off suite. So what? That doesn't stop Everton Lublin. She needed to get her results for people in Kaliusville, and she was definitely someone that's uh, incredibly incredibly uh, legendary and uh, we can learn from. Very um, similar to some of the stories we heard yesterday. I, I can only imagine that was that was one of many, many, many. If I can deviate for a moment, sure. I hope they don't they don't shoot me. I just want to give a little bit of a shout out. I never usually do this. I don't. They live a public life enough, you know. In the aftermath of Sandy, it was a it was a, a, a taxing time for my own personal family, for my wife Surrey and our three children. I remember you told us in. that your house turned into an emergency center. It did, and uh, Sandy hit a day after we made our bris for our third right. trial. named after my grandfather, and it actually fell out that our. I don't want to say the names he's been called, my dear Yehudah Al-Khanan, our dear Yehudah Al-Khanan, Sandy this, Sandy that, you know, <laughs> that. But his Sandy birthday baby. actually, his second birthday actually fell out today, um, on the second anniversary of Sandy Yehudah Al-Khanan. So it's definitely, we're smiling a lot more. My wife is smiling a lot more, um, remembering the way our house was completely overran uh, days after she had a baby. So I had to, you know, get that by her. Well, I, it was done anyways, but I want to appreciate the work that, uh, or the, the sacrifice that they made uh, as well. But uh, certainly going back to the, to, to the core mission, you know, it, it really is trying to make sure that people who are experiencing a crisis um, have a place to turn to. And uh, the staff here, I, can, I don't want to talk about myself only, um, they really do a terrific, terrific job in a dignified way. And without and, family supporting you, you wouldn't be able to do any of this. So, uh, And that speaks for myself and uh, many other staff members here. No question. Um, you know, and uh, it's really a beautiful thing. Yeah. Rabbi Bender, Ellie Weiss, more coming up. This is JM and the AM from Achiezer. Best way to support their incredible work, go to achiezer.org. Again, that's achiezer.org. This is a very special two-year anniversary of Superstorm Sandy at JM in the AM. Oh, 
Shmueli, it's called Yassis, before that Yala Vyavo, a brand new selection from Shlomi Gertner that he introduced during our holiday season. Today's broadcast is being done, Le'ilu Nishmas, Yerub Yaakov Mordechai ben Avraham Lipa Cohen, and um, we are looking back at two years of, uh, of Superstorm Sandy. I want to thank people who are commenting on our app. Uh, one listener says, enjoying all your interesting, inspiring interviews this morning, and points out that she very much enjoyed the visual of the Bachram crossing the Brooklyn Bridge. It was the Williamsburg Bridge. I'm not, I'm not trying to correct you. I'm just, I'm just saying to make it, make the visual even more accurate. And it was, um, it, it was really special. And I, I gotta be careful telling all these stories because if I do end up telling, if I do end up giving uh, some type of talk in different places, I don't want to use all my good stories on the air. And I thought that was a great one in terms of the uh, Bachram who went from Crown Heights to the Bronx. And uh, how they uh, were chosen, or they chose themselves to do so. Uh, JM and the AM at 27 minutes before 9 o'clock. Uh, Someone Goldfeder is here. We'll speak with him coming up. He'll be joined by Rabbi Bender because there is another 
cause, another, uh, I don't want to say crisis, a situation. That has to be discussed, and we'll discuss that on the air coming up in just a few minutes right here at JMM. And also I am told that uh, Shuli Wolman, the uh, the chairman of the board of Achiezer, is going to be joining us as well. You can go to Achiezer.org for all the information. Again, we acknowledge the incredible work of so many people from so many different organizations uh, that participated in communities in so many different areas. And the volunteers that came in from other areas of the U.S. to participate in Superstorm Sandy Relief. Two years ago today, where were you? Two years later, thank God, a lot of people, most people, are in a much better place. And there's still those who um, need help, uh, those who still are suffering from Sandy problems, need to be assisted. But thank God that list is a lot shorter than it used to be. More coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
Jam in the AM, that's David Gabe here on a, um, what is today? Wednesday morning broadcast. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Keshet Israel presents Beyond Milk and Honey. And today, it's going to be a very interesting conversation. I'm sure it's going to uh, pique the interest of a lot of our listeners. I speak with uh, Yitzhak Sokoloff and uh, Professor Nir Baums on the topic of helping Syrian refugees in Jordan. Not everyone's going to find it a uh, favorable discussion, I can tell you that much, but it was very interesting. It's coming up at 9 o'clock on the stream at jmnam.org. Replay of the 9 at 9 after that, ZK, uh, or excuse me, uh, Yossi's Zweig with a live lunch starting at 11 o'clock this morning. The Woodmere Fire Department presents Fire Prevention Day this coming Sunday starting at 12 noon at their headquarters on Irving Place. Uh, food prizes, fire truck rides, ambulances, live demonstrations, and more. That's this coming Sunday in Woodmere. Hollander is here. The rumors that Hollander is moving from uh, from the Halb Institution to Achiezer are false. Richie says those are false rumors. He is not being sought after by Rabbi Bender to come and take over the organization. <laughs> Go work for Ali Agler. I like that. Uh, but Hollander is here. Those of you who haven't heard him on the year uh, on the air in a while, there's uh, I'm sure good reason for it. Probably because Richie Hagler has gone ahead and uh, made sure his day is occupied with a lot of work, a lot of things going on. In fact, um, and Richie, why don't you join us for a minute before we get to? Uh, is the assemblyman still here? Or did he leave? He's still here. Richie Hagler for the last how many years has been the uh, executive director of the HALB DRS? Uh, what am I forgetting? HALB DRS? Say it again? SKA. SKA system. Right. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Rabbi Segal. How are have you? Have we ever rebuilt the uh, Long Beach uh, uh, seawall or not? We we have rebuilt the Long Beach building. We've rebuilt the Long Beach. We've built the seawall. It's uh, just telling Rabbi Bender what a miracle it is that um, we were able to get back into the building in a very short time. A lot of work was done. And now we're moving from Long Beach. Wait a second. You've rebuilt the building. We rebuilt the building. And now you're moving out of town. And now we're moving out of town. Explain this, please. We have just acquired the uh, number six school here in the Woodmere area, which is an 80,000-square-foot building with a number of acres attached to it. In the center of Woodmere? In the center of Woodmere, in the heart of the five towns. Halb is now going to be in Woodmere? Halb Halb will be moving to Woodmere within the next couple of years, yes. You're going to oversee this whole project. Is Hollander expected to schlep box by box from Long Beach to Woodmere, or it's going to work differently? Box by box. And it will yeah. be done by, like in his car. He'll toss everything into his trunk and move the entire school to Woodmere. Is that I, how it's going to work? I don't know how we ever find the bottom of that trunk, <laughs> but uh, somehow it keeps going. Oh, so this is a big announcement. It is. It's been in the, lo- in the, been in the local press a lot, and that uh, we were able to acquire the property. And, um, we and Sandy's way behind you. Sandy will be still a factor in the building of the new building. That building has been um, left vacant by the uh, Lawrence School Board. The because of the storm or nothing to do no, with the storm? No, nothing to do with the storm, but the storm just um, made the situation worse. Right. And that they um, have to, we have to rebuild the building. We have to de-sandy it, as we, right. as we call it. And make sure that Chas uh, Shalom this thing doesn't happen again. It doesn't hurt anybody. And then we're going to go move into the building, hopefully by September of 16. That's the goal. Give me give me a 30-second impression, only because we're rushing now like crazy, as usual, toward the end of the show, uh, of Long Beach in general. Did, it, did a lot of buildings in your area just become devastated because of the storm? So buildings were devastated. Through, uh, houses were, were devastated throughout Long Beach. But the, I mean, the, there are nursing homes out there we're familiar with. And they are. There are, but... 
Baruch Hashem, they've done a great job in rebuilding Long Beach. Long Beach is coming back stronger than ever. There is new development going on. There is there are, there is great interest in our property. Interesting. Um, they, they, the super block in Long Beach, which has been talked about forever, has actually made, a deal has been made, and hopefully new construction, and it will be continue, continue to be built. They're both taking new precautions to make sure that buildings can handle a Category Four hurricane, as we ju- a Category Five hurricane, even as we just witnessed two, two short years ago. Right. But uh, the neighborhood is coming back, and the Jewish community, led by the young Israel, is going to be uh, restored, and it is continued to be restored on a daily basis. I thank you for joining us. Best regards to everybody at HAL, DRS, and SKA. <laughs> yeah, the big open house, DRS, is coming Sunday. DRS, this Sunday, open Enjoy. house, one-third of the afternoon, all invited, come see, come ten. And we want to just give a little shout-out and a little uh, congratulations to Rabbi Yisrael Kamenetsky, who this week was named as the as the Rosh Yeshiva of HALB. Nice. And um, he's been with us 18 years. And Baruch Hashem, it's uh, Mechael Achayel, and we like to give him a Mazel Tov as well. He's the greatest. I'm glad yes, we could wish is. him a Mazel Tov this morning. Thanks very much. Thanks for being here. And send our best to Hollander when you see him. When I see him. Uh, Assemblyman Goldfeder is here, and Rabbi Bender, and uh, those of you, especially in the Far Rockaway area, are going to want to pay attention. This is one of the things that's happening. Uh, here in the uh, in the area, Assemblyman the Goldfeder, welcome back to JM in the AM. It is always always great to have I you. Hope the year has gotten off to a good start. Definitely making progress. You and we said this earlier in the show. You were drowned out by Sandy at home and the office, right? My home was about five feet of water in right. the living room. That's it, just five feet, huh? Just five feet, and uh, the office was eight, so don't worry. We made up for it. And you office. share an office with, or did at that time, with another public official at that we, time? There was a shared with a congressional member at one right. point, but uh, no longer. And you were both uh, obviously displaced. Completely and flooded and uh, everything. And again, remember, it was my only my first year in office. Right. So first, all, it wasn't the first months? Like, no, no, it was about a oh, year. It was about a year, year, 11 okay. months a year, but all the first years of memories, all the first, right. you know, all the pictures and, and all the mementos you keep in your first year. Oh, gosh, I'll tell you. All right, Sa- Sandy had her uh, had her victory out here, I guess. But look, look what's happened. Everybody's rebounded nicely, thank God, and and we've been able to punch back. And uh, and uh, hopefully as we look back, as as, a, as has been happening this morning, a lot of the more pleasant, unifying memories are, are coming back, and the five feet of water is, is now becoming more of a distant memory, thank God. No, there's no question about it. I mean, it's, it's not hard to look around and still see some destruction and some of the devastation, but right. two years later you kind of realize that recovery is going to be slow and you have to appreciate every small step and every opportunity to find partners and work together to really move things forward. And Baruch Hashem, as a community, we've really come back. We've come back not only you know, where we were before the storm, but so much stronger, so much more united, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll continue to move forward. All right. Uh, tell us what's happening in Far Rockaway. You know, we uh, there was announced last week um, by the mayor and the Department of Homeless Services that, uh, you know, in the midst of our Sandy recovery, and, and especially given the timing right now, that the city was going to place uh, a homeless shelter, potentially right in the middle of Farakway on, uh, on Beach 8th Street. And um, it's something that has really gotten a lot of the community members, but more importantly, the community leaders, the schools, or Abundam all together to, to try and come up with a coordinated plan to send a strong message to, to the mayor and to New York City that, we can't afford, you know, any more setbacks in our Sandy recovery. Um, and I want to thank Rabbi Bender and, and all the Rabbanim and, and, and all the community leaders who have come together to put together a coordinated plan to to make sure we do everything we can to our stadlers to keep uh, our community strong. All right. Uh, at the same time, we also want to we don't want to show insensitivity to this issue that you know 
homeless shelters are obviously needed in the city. So this is a delicate balance, right, to get out there, understand the needs of the community, and I mean the broader community, while at the same time wanting to maintain or at least allow the community the community in Farakway to grow the way it's been growing. Oh, absolutely. There's no question. Look, you know, people need a place, uh, you know, people uh, who are falling on, on tough, difficult times, and we find it in our own community. I mean, we're sitting here in the Achiez or offices, right. and this is what we deal with. I mean, this is what Rabbi Bender deals with 24-7 in helping people who are in need of help. But whenever you talk about new developments or new ideas, uh, you have to make sure it's appropriate, um, and it's in the right place, and it's being done, you know, with not just a small population in mind, but with an entire community in mind. Um, and look again, sort of two years later, we see the Achtas coming, people coming back together, working united to not just keep people out, but make sure that our community can stay strong. Um, and that's the key. Understood. Uh, Rabbi Ender? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll add to what, is that okay? Sure. I'll add to what Phil was, uh, had just said. You know, you know, we, we gathered together a few days ago in a meeting, which really Phil spearheaded. I want to thank him for, besides obviously we are talking about Sandy. He deserves mention and recognition for as, his first year in office was one that I'll never forget for many reasons, but certainly... He was drowning in work, but I'm bummed. You know, I'll never forget him stumbling into, our, stumbling into our own makeshift office in his own tattered clothing, trying to keep his own house standing, but he, he was really out there for us. But uh, fast forwarding to today and issues that arise, and he's been working on this issue, but it hasn't, again, it's not beautiful that the community has to deal with a crisis or an issue ever, and obviously, like you said, with great sensitivity, right. um, but this is a community that's that it, it's still trying to, 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 to battle back and, and, and grow and get stronger in the aftermath of Sandy, and to see the, uh, yeah, the sheer actus and, and, and unity, I mean, we spoke about that Sandy, and I, we want to keep that lasting effort, we don't want to wait for a crisis to bring us together, but the way the elected officials, along with literally every Rav in Farakaway, where it's, you know, most closely affecting this potential uh, site and the community actually have all just again there's no just really joining together in such a unified single voice with strategy with chachma and with an organization to make sure we, we join together we all get on the same page and then do what's right for the community what's right for the greater new york city and i was very inspired walking away seeing the effort of really everybody joining together one place, one voice, just trying to do what's right for our community. Right. And, Very inspiring. And uh, as you said to me off the air, there's an effort that that, that unity should uh, also concentrate on, as you just said, making sure that the impression and the, the work with New York City will continue. We want to do this with the officials, not against them. We're trying to work with them and uh, and do what's best for everybody involved. Um and, and t- we all agree today's not the day we're talking about politics. It's time for that between now, between tomorrow and election day. But a general statement of Summerman Goldfeder. Am I right as a casual outside observer that Far Rockaway is so, so different than 25 years ago? Like when I was growing up, Far Rockaway, there was, I don't know, an impression. There was a, you know, the way people spoke of the community in a certain way. And today it just seems like it's completely, I don't even want to say upgraded, just like in a completely different direction. Is that the right way of saying it? You know, there was once a time where people and families in Farakway were running away from the name. Right. The name Farakway. Exactly. They didn't, you know, was synonymous with, with crime and, and poverty and, and all the, all kinds of bad things. And, you know, I hate to say this out loud, but there was even once a West Lawrence. I remember that. Um, I remember that era yeah. very well. The West Lawrence era. We have worked. I mean, before me, the trend started well before me, and it's because of, of Rabbi Bender Senior, who who really, you know, right. sort of. Dove yeah, a in. lot of rabbinic leaders out here played a very important role in including Farakway, and of course, using Farakway as a base for growing the community. That's absolutely correct, right. and uh, and now it's something that we're proud of. I mean, we. We hold our Farakway banner high because it is a beautiful community. It's a it's a it's a community of 
of families who, who care about the neighborhood, who, who come together when there's a need. And, and, and I think not just, not just within the community is it considered strong, but, you know, I travel throughout the Rockaways and, and all throughout the city, and we are very highly regarded as a neighborhood to, to, to be emulated and to be, to, be, to be copied. I mean, Sandy's a perfect example of that. You know, the city looked at what we were doing here, and they said, how do we copy that? You know, they looked at the, the programs that Achiezer had set up, that the community, the other community organizations right. had set up, and they said, how do we copy right. that? Right. And that was the basis for the city programs that ultimately went to other neighborhoods. Yeah, like they're, they're doing it really well. We want to do what they're doing. I'll give you a real smile, both of you. You know, my father, uh, again, deserves that credit for built, helping build our community, helping building it. And uh, when he first moved from Flappish, Nachum, you'll love this. His friends were teasing Isaac Unger, who used to live with him, Maish Williger, and right. uh, a loser brought Allah Vashel. Right. He said they they were teasing him. He said that, you know, I'm moving to Farakaway. They said, for what, what is that? And so he explained the Marine Park Bridge. They were like, what does that mean? I thought the Marine Park Bridge, you drove off, and that was the end. <laughs> well, but there was nothing after that. Like what Phil was saying, what is Farakaway? And now, like, like Phil said, we're proud of a, of a beautiful community that has been built. It uh, is amazing, that's for sure. And by the way, one last thing, Mr. Goldfeder. Yes, sir. And there are other yarmulke-wearing members of the New York State Legislature that people can see when they visit uh, Albany, right? There are a bunch, or a handful yeah. that people can see. I, when I was up in Albany, I enjoyed watching the pride that you walked through those halls with. And I just, you know, I, I would say that to others that do so as well, but you're here, and I will just tell you it's Thank an absolute you. delight to see you in that setting, and you just enjoy representing our people, our community, other communities obviously as well. You're all over the place. But, you know, there are people who avoid it. There are people who aren't comfortable with it, and you're the exact opposite. So, thank you very up. much. Thank you. And I, again, I have one goal in my career, in my life, is to make a Kiddush Hashem. And if I could do that, then everything else will fall into place. And I hope Cousin Sheila is listening on the Lower East Side. She, she always better be listening. Listen. Always. She never misses a show. She takes amazing pride being related to the uh, to, to the assemblyman. Nine minutes before nine o'clock, it's JM in the AM, and of course, the final word of the day will come from the chairman of the board of Achiezer who is, uh, I'm sure, trying to avoid going on the air, but we have to at least have have a statement or two. I do remind you that today's show is Le'ilu Nishmas, Yaakov Mordechai, and Avraham Lipa Cohen. The chairman of the board of Achiezer is Shuli Wolman, who is a wonderful friend, an incredible leader. I've been there, could tell you a million stories, but wouldn't dare do so in front of Shuli Wolman, that's for sure. He wouldn't dare do so. Uh, we, there was a possibility that that Mr. Wolman would not be able to join us this morning. Thank God he's here before 9 o'clock. And it, you remember ZK? Do you remember ZK? He set you up with your own microphone over there. Look at that. Look how he prepared you this morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Last year at this time, and this is really the only statement I wanted you to be here to make. Last year at this time, you sat here with us at Achiezer, and you said, and I believe these were the words, you said Achiezer was founded with great principles and doing wonderful work, especially in the area of medical help, etc., etc. <laughs> you work on that, ZK. He set up a special microphone for you. Imagine that. Everyone else is using these microphones. He set up a special one for you, surely. I know. We know. We know the problem. He's working on it right now. So last year at this time, and you acknowledged, obviously, that even before uh, you, you, you took a, uh, a lay leader role in the organization, they were doing incredible work here at Achiezer. But what you said at that time to us was that Superstorm Sandy took Achiezer from the quote-unquote minor leagues and put them, propelled them into the major leagues. That was how you described it. And uh, and the demands on Achiezer that were already great before Sandy became obviously, you know, insane 
uh, after Sandy. Is that still the way a year later that you look at it? They're now a major league international uh, player when it comes to Jewish organizations? What's going on? Something's wrong with the microphone. I apologize. That's very odd. We, you know what? You can just hold that up. You don't have to wear that. You can just hold it. There you go. Not only are we a major league player, but I think we have made it into the World Series of organizations. You know, today, tonight, there'll be a Game 7 of the World Series. That's right. I'm and impressed we, you know that. Yeah, I stayed up a little late last <laughs> night. And... We have made it, and we are there, and we are here to help people, and it's an organization that really, truly helps people all over the place. If it's from uh, what happened in Detroit, if it was what happened on Rockaway Turnpike, Erev Pesach, people were stuck, Erev Yontif, and needed help, who did they call? Achiezer. Uh, an hour before Yontif, there was a, um, a pole that went down, shut down the whole Rockaway Turnpike, and people were stranded. People called Achiezer. Arrangements were made. People had to walk a bit before Yontif. And there were Goyim that picked up uh, people to bring them to their location on the corner of Burnside, not Burnside, Brookville Boulevard and Rockaway Turnpike. This was this past Pesach? This was this past Pesach. There's one thing that truly inculcates in all of us is to do things quietly and with dignity as much as we have the profile that we have. And this did take place. There's some people that Shuli's close with and we sought out the advice of some of our local Rabbanim that make sure that they were, because some of these families, some people were able to walk. Right. But there were families with children, seven, eight children that were literally stranded um, it, it, you know, on Brookville Boulevard and Rockaway Turnpike, picture the site. A truck had fallen into a pole, some sort of explosion, and uh, I don't know who or how gave him their phone number, but somebody did. And what is he referring to when he says Detroit? Uh, what Shulie is talking about, he's referring to Detroit. I'd love to give it some, you know, shed some light on that. Uh, again, wasn't publicly spoken about, but we get our directors from our chairman. Um, Detroit, a few months ago, well, definitely wasn't publicized enough. They had some devastating floods. I'm not sure if you were aware of it. Right, even. right. I'm sure you heard something. Right. And, uh, they, they were suffering mightily. And uh, we were reached out to, together with uh, Agudis Israel and a few others, that they really needed some advice and expertise on things that, unfortunately, we had learned all too well because of our Sandy experience. And at the directive of our chairman, um, I, I went, you know, a few of us went, got on a plane, and I went down there for about six, seven hours, just uh, meeting with the community leaders and strategizing with them. And there's been a lot of follow-up till recently. Ellie Weiss is still in touch with them, actually, giving them some tips and advice. Just trying to make sure. Obviously, it was done without many people knowing mm-hmm. about it until Shuli just told the entire international <laughs> world about it. You know, uh, what's but I funny. called Shuli, and Shuli said, "Don't think twice. Get on that plane and go." You know, what's funny. You've become a storm expert. <laughs> You've become. <laughs> no, no, tell you Solomon joke. I look very carefully at these forecasts because at the end of the day, it was terrifying. And Shuli was the first person to actually speak a forecast. Shuli's on the radio. Shuli sent me. He'll tell you about it. Him and his wife were driving somewhere, and they sent me an article. But I, I, I shouted. I was actually speaking to the Marine Park Bridge. I was on the Marine Park Bridge. I don't look at my phone while I drive. please. But there was an article from the New York Post that came out in the August. Alma, and the Almanac. Tell them what it said. It was supposed to be uh, about two weeks ago a bigger storm than Sandy was. The that Almanac predicted, they predicted that it would have been two weeks ago. No, no. Actually. They predicted September 16th. Between the 16th and the 19th of September, which passed us, thank God. Right, meaning they last predi- month yes. was supposed to be there. They predicted a massive storm. But as Shuli said storm. to me the other day, Baruch Bear's almanac is much better than the old <laughs> farmer's correct. almanac. Right? As long as we didn't have it, even though our generators were all juiced up, 
uh, we were ready to rule. Yeah, we, w- we would have been ready. And uh, like I said, the community and each individual and organization have taken great strides. There's been a group of community members now. You know, Mayor Crangle st- standing in the back over there, not looking for recognition. Mayor, thank you for being here. Active Hatzalah member and board member of Achiezer. That's how it was described and, to me. Uh, I, I know him as an all-around amazing guy. <laughs> and this amazing guy, Mayor, has been as one of those folks, along with uh, Yaakov Gade, who leads the Shomron Patrol locally, who have been trying to put together an Adam Mayor from Inwood, a disaster preparedness plan, an actual plan so that chas v'shalom, we shouldn't need it, but should a crisis occur again, we're going to be a few steps ahead and actually be prepared to help the community. And mayors help lead some of those meetings right here in this conference room as we try to stay on it. It's obviously harder to keep that momentum when you don't have an actual storm to right. deal with. It's the nature. Right. But we're going to stay on it down the stretch of the year so that just just in case, chas v'shalom, we'll be a little proactive that uh, we'll be prepared for a crisis that we hope never comes. And every time you see an article, you'll be able to start jumping into action. Surely? Yeah, yes. <laughs> you sure don't want it to happen. That's you really sure. don't need another storm. And water is mazelvik. But we don't need that type of mazel. <laughs> Too much mazel. <laughs> That's correct. Uh, Yashikach, I, I heard that uh, at one of the Achiezer dinners you actually made a, uh, a public address. I appreciate that you've included us in your forum for public addresses this morning. Thank you. You, you teach me. I learn from the best. <laughs> really? Thank you. I appreciate that. Shuli Wallman, he's chairman of the board of Achiezer, encourages everybody to go to the website, achiezer.org, for information to support the cause. And as he said, it went from the minor leagues to the major leagues. And in light of what's going on tonight, Shuli says you're now in the World Series, right, Bender? You are now in the World Series of Chesed, the World Series of... Uh, and, and like I said, the international response to the organization is a good indication that people take you very, very seriously. It, it, it has been it, it, uh, throughout, certainly after Sandy, and we definitely, as Shuli I and the rest of the board, have a tremendous Akar Satov to the international world for responding in the way that they did. And uh, our only hope is that we can continue to help people in the proper way. The biggest bracha I have given, and I give it consistently, and day in, day out, and at least smiling, you know exactly which bracha is coming, is that I won't be bored. The biggest bracha we can have is Achiezer can go out of business and not Amen. have people calling here, and uh, I'll find what to do, I promise you. Don't worry about me. Happy birthday to Yitzi Woolman! Have you have you uh, texted him yet, Ryan Bender? Text him a nice birthday message. Or surely will give me a big kick, but I will momentarily. <laughs> Yitzi Wallman gets a big happy birthday. Achenu Israel and Achim Achem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Uh, my thanks to ZK, my thanks to uh, Miriam L. Wallach, my thanks to Danny Goldberg, my thanks to Stan in our studio, my thanks to the entire crowd, including Stephen Wallach, who's back from the Holy Land, who joined us here this morning, and my thanks to Hollander, who found his way here this morning, and who knows, uh, will, that, as the soap opera continues, will Richie Hagler be able to keep Hollander over there at Halb, or will he be moving over to Achiezer? Richie, you like this? I'm starting a new rumor. You like that? What did he say? <laughs> Nothing but trouble trying to maintain my reputation. Tomorrow morning we're back starting at 6 a.m. Don't forget to check out information about Achiezer at Achiezer.org. Have a wonderful day, and thank God there's no storm coming tonight like there was two years ago as we just commemorated the second anniversary of Superstorm Sandy, and thank God we were able to look back at some of the positive things that have happened over the last two years. So tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.